E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, we got some news, my friends. We got some news. Welcome in, everybody. Sports Take, Rob Ellis, Tone to Shields. Tone looking very uh, Marvin Gaye, circa <laughs> 1975. I like it. I like I'll it. I'll take Ooh. it. I'll take it. What's going on, Tone? I'm doing good, man. I feel good, man. It's a thirsty Thursday. So uh, I'm definitely fiending for some good news, my friend. What you got for me? Well, we got some stuff here. So uh, some happenings with the NBA trade deadline at 3 p.m. Uh, the Sixers have pulled the trigger on a deal. Buddy Heald will be coming to the Sixers. They have dealt Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and three number twos to Indiana. Heald comes here. He's 31 years old, expiring contract, 12 points per game this year, shooting the three ball at 38.4%. Look, if, if you've, I don't, I don't necessarily love Buddy Heald, but he absolutely fills a void that this team needs desperately. They need scoring. They need three. They need somebody to stretch the floor for them. Uh, and he provides that. That is his expertise, is long-range shooting. He's a co- he's more of a two, but he can handle the ball as well. Um, and I don't feel like he gave a whole lot up to me. You know, you could sweeten deals with those twos, but twos in the NBA aren't of great value. Uh, Marcus Morris, you nice player Philly guy. It was a nice story this year. You got to give something to get. Cork Moss, I'm thrilled you can offload him. Uh, so that's good. They've also moved, uh, and we're waiting to hear the exact uh, – return that they're going to be getting here um but they've also moved now daniel house uh who is in the last year of his contract so he is on the move as well and the question is what are they getting back it's a three-way deal that involves the knicks the sixers and the pistons but house goes to the pistons so we Mm. are waiting to hear back right now so that's that's where things are that could be moving a contract to be able to absorb buyouts we don't know exactly um but the way this thing plays out, uh, according to Woj, uh, the the move to so they did a bunch of different things, right? But uh, the move for Daniel House, uh, basically the Sixers are trading Daniel House in a 2024 second rounder to the Knicks uh, via the Knicks to the Pistons. The, according to Woj, gives the Sixers the salary cap cushion to sign buyout players at the post deadline, including the possibility of Kyle Lowry uh, should he become a buyout in Charlotte. There you go. Hey, that that was a mouthful, man. Talk about yeah. uh, talk about bringing the good news. You know, it's funny. Uh, Buddy Hill seems like two or three years in the making, doesn't it? <laughs> it seems like the Sixers have been trying to get their hands on Buddy Hill for a long time. Yeah, we was talking about um, him at the draft too. Yeah, when he came out. Exactly, and you know, here's the thing. Let's you know, let's go through Buddy Hill's career briefly. Um, let's be honest. Buddy Hill has been uh, a professional and someone who's produced a lot in the NBA carved out a great career for himself coming out of Oklahoma, where he made a big name for himself as a sniper. And, uh, that skill set definitely translated, uh, to the NBA, um, for his career averaging, uh, almost 16 points a game, uh, shooting, shooting, uh, just above 85% from the free throw line has a career, um, has a career average of a, a 40% from the three, um, a 43% career uh, field goal percentage. Um, he can he can he can put the ball in the hoop. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just that simple. Now, um, you know, Indiana has battled injuries throughout this season. Um, he's been in the rotation. He's been a starter a little bit. You know, he he didn't start, but overall throughout his career, there's a point in time where he averaged 20 points for the. Uh, yeah, he's not the same guy. Right. Um, 
you know, when he first when he first got to Indiana, he averaged 18 and, you know, it dropped to 16.8 and now it's down to 12. Um, but if you notice, the minutes did go down. Um, but overall, um, I like the move. Um, his field goal attempts um, went down as well, again, because of the minutes. But overall, he's a guy that's usually healthy. Um, I like the move. Um, he definitely he definitely allows them to uh, you know, he, he gives them some some more scoring on the perimeter. So I, I like it. You know, it can't hurt. And um, I think the biggest thing out of it is you have flexibility, um, the expiring contract. You know, you, you, you get a chance to see him for the rest of the season. Is he somebody that you is he somebody that you would maybe extend to a, a one year deal, two year deal, whatever it may be? And uh, you have that option. Um, he, would act, he, would, he would obviously have to accept it. But overall, you have flexibility if things don't work out. You can get out the deal and um, low risk, high reward. That's how I see it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, my thing, what I didn't want to do was I didn't want to give up the flexibility of the offseason. I don't want to bring in guys who had multiple years left on their deal. That's not the case with Heald. We'll see what ends up happening with the Detroit move. Um, and I didn't want to give up th- those ones that they have, the, you know, mm-hmm. those precious ones. So far, so good, you know. Uh, do I think they'll miss the toughness that Marcus Morris brings a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, but you know we all know Marcus Morris, and I respect his game. Is at the end, Cork uh, Moss was an awful signing to begin with, and you got rid of that. Uh, you know Daniel House is just a guy. To be no. honest, there's a million Daniel Houses. Uh, so I have zero issue with what they've done. They brought in a guy who can who can shoot it from the outside, which they need bad. They have to get Maxi a little bit of help. It, it's getting difficult to watch, frankly. Yeah, yeah they, so, they need somebody else that can put the ball in the cup. Simple as that. Exactly, and he'll get more opportunity here. Than he got in Indiana, so yes. I would expect those numbers to go up a little bit. Again, don't don't expect him to be the same guy he was when he first came out of Oklahoma, but he's still a guy who can who can score the basketball. Yeah, look, no matter what, no matter how old you are, that shot never leaves you. Right, that's all about repetition. You know what I mean? Um, he may not be as athletic, he may not get off the ground as much, but you get that you you, you leave that guy open, he's great. Right. He's a specialist. We know what he is. He's a sniper. Yeah, he's, he's a specialist, and and yeah. I think this is something you can make an argument. This is probably the best shooter that the Philadelphia 76ers have had on the roster since what JJ Redick. That's that's pretty fair. Yeah, w- which is a bit of an indi- indictment of the Sixers roster. But you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, he is a he is a guy for sure that can do a lot of things and 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 at least spread the floor for you. When it, think about when Embiid comes back. Again, if, if, when, whatever, if, when he yeah, comes when. back, you have a, a guy like Maxi who has the ability to take it to the, to the cup, like he does. And mm-hmm. then Joel gets doubled. He can kick it out to healed and knock a triple down, which, you know, you really need come playoff time. So here's where I'll, I'll applaud the Sixers because I, I think we were getting to a point where it was getting interesting here, Tony, because it, you, you could have gone the direction of, you know what, man, we'll, we'll go heavy in the off season, but we're punting here. Like this doesn't look good. They might fall out of the playoffs. I don't think they will. I think ultimately they'll be in that like eight, nine range, but had they kept going, they're four and 12 without Embiid, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's only so much Maxi can do. I know some people are, I think ridiculously coming down on Maxi. You look at it last night. He had no one, man. He didn't have Melton out there. He didn't have Batum out there. It was right. basically him and Josh, him and Tobias Harris. That's right. it. You know, I know the Warriors aren't what they were, but they are still they still do have guys. Look, we're we're, we're in this new NBA. You know, one six two six three guard is not enough. No, you know what I mean. And look, Maxi, he's an all star now. Um, you know, he's going to be a max player, so the expectations do rise. But we've seen situations where 
you know, Kyrie Irving was the only guy in Cleveland. Remember that early on? He was the only guy in Cleveland. <laughs> you only could do but so much. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, guys, you know, the, the positions that have a higher impact on the game just in this era are mm-hmm. the wings. You know what I mean? And um, look, I'm not mad at the move, not one bit. I think they did need the help. And I'm just happy that, you know, you, you, you said something interesting, right? They could have punted. But they decided to do something. You know, I consider this somewhat of a, like a field goal, right? You know, it wasn't yeah, a touchdown. Yeah, you're, you're not you're not throwing it. You, you know, yeah, it wasn't a touchdown, but you took the you took some points. You, yeah. Listen, you left you left with something. Yeah. And again, you still you still didn't give up that flexibility, and that's what I love about it the most. Uh, look, like I said, low risk high reward. I've always liked Buddy Hield as a player. Um, stays out of the way. Um, not a guy that you have to worry about. You know. Um, getting hit by you know uh ghost cars you know downtown in philly <laughs> oh, I it, that was like the best sci-fi movie ever that 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 that, that cgi that <laughs> that got uh that got our boy uh kelly Oubre. yeah i, I know oh I, my god here's the oh, other man. the other problem that we're seeing too <laughs> speaking of of our guy here uh my man my man does not pass the basketball he he is he can score it Right, Kelly Oubre, but whoa, man! I, so Derek Bodner had a great stat last night. Let me pull it up. This is—is is he a black hole? Uh, oh, dude, is he a black hole? All right, so here, hold on. Let me let me pull it up here. It was great. It was a great line. It was classic, understated Derek Bodner. By the way, I'm I'm working on trying to get him on uh, tomorrow. Yeah, okay. For sure. So Kelly Oubre, um, over the last three games, 46 field goal attempts, 15 free throw attempts. Zero assists. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to do, man. Listen, you know what he said? He said, hey, and beads down. I'm, uh-huh. take, I'm, 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 going, I'm going for gold. My, I'm going my for left gold. elbow's iced up, and here we go, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you need – look, you have limitations here uh, with this team, obviously. But what you're looking to do is tread water. Right. And you, you, if you can tread enough water and, and the big – man, these are all giant ifs. I get it. But and the big man comes back and he's and he's right. Now you got some what some pieces. Like if you get if you get Lowry in the buyout, you got a quality guy who you can either bring off the bench who's seen it all, who's done it mm-hmm. all, or play him at the one, let Maxi go off ball to free him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you have Joel, you have Healed, you have Tobias, you have, you know, Batum, some of the other pieces that you have. You got some bit some more depth there, effective depth. This yeah, I actually I like their guard depth. Um, Maxi, um, Melton when healthy, um, Patrick Beverly, and you mm-hmm. add Buddy Heel to that. I like that. It's a it's a decent combination of scoring and defense. Um, we know Melton can he he can get street he can get hot at, at a moment. He's streaky. Um, that can work for you or work against you. But overall, this is a situation where. They didn't swing for the fences, and they don't. They didn't really lock themselves into a situation that they couldn't get out of. The fact of the matter is, Joel Embiid is out for an extended period of time. We have no idea when he's going to come back. Right. Um. I'm slowly erring on the side of shutting it down for the season. I, I, just, I am. I'm a little bit there too. Because yep. I, I don't, I don't want this to be a nagging thing. I want him to get healthy. Because again, the Sixers have four years left in this deal, four years left on this on this supermax deal. Yeah, 
you want to make sure you're getting your money's worth. And if you have to sacrifice this season to make sure the next four years he's fully healthy or at least close to that, yeah, you, you may have to do that. Because, again, you have a young Tyrus Max who's going to sign a max deal in the offseason. You're going to be okay from a nucleus standpoint. Maxi and B, you got your guard, you, you got your all-star guard, um, you got your MVP uh center. That's a great nucleus to you know to build around, especially when you when you're going to have the money, you're going to have the draft picks. It's no need to do anything hasty. And I mm-hmm. think Daryl Morey understood that. And it probably took a lot for him to be patient in that regard. Sure. But I think sometimes the best moves you make. Are the are no moves or the least moves you yeah. make? And, and again, you know, so far those- for me, so far so good. Like I don't feel like you lost anything significant off the roster. Mm-hmm. You aren't taking on salaries for next mm-hmm. year, and you yeah you gave up some twos. Okay, whatever. Um, the, the house move. I don't know that there's any player coming back. Tone. I think this is just freeing up cap space to be able to allow you flexibility to just grab a Lowry or somebody else who's going to be bought yeah. out. You will see buyouts very soon. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the move gives Philadelphia salary cap cushion for a potential post-trade deadline buyout player. So we'll see what that buyout pool looks like. Um, I don't know how I feel about the Kyle Lowry thing. Um, I don't know. What's, you're what's your counting, thoughts on that? You're not, he, he's, again, he's very much at the end. You're not counting much on him. That's that's where I think it's it's important here that you know you saw the you know what how, where it had gone kind of the last couple of years with him in Miami. Um, I'm okay with it. I, again, I don't feel like if you're just signing him, that's what it would be if he's if he's waived. You're just buying him for for a rental for the end of the year. It's okay. No, again, no, I, I let me be clear. None of these moves are really moving needle my movers. needle. Yeah, they're, they're okay. You know, you're talking about Heald, who's even though he's only 31, is on the is on the back nine of yes. his career. Uh, Kyle Lowry, this may be it. I don't know. This could be the last year for him. And, and so, and, and that's what I'm concerned about. It's like, is he coming here to really make an impact, or is this supposed to be some sort of homecoming? Yeah, I I think I I'm think always concerned more, about that. I'm always concerned about those kind of dynamics. I think these are more like tourniquet moves tone. You, you know, they're like, all right, let's let's contain this this wound. I hate to use these terminology. It's nasty, whatever. But let's contain it. Let's let let us see what happens when Embiid comes back with the pieces we already have here, the foundational pieces. Yeah. And then roll. And then I think it's a total deck clear in the offseason. You all you're all you're essentially locked into is Embiid and Jaden Springer. That's it. Everybody else can yeah, it's crazy. This entire this is going to be an entirely new roster next season. You're going to have the ability to get uh, to to give somebody a max contract. You're going to have the ability to to really. This is where Maury isn't handcuffed in any way, shape, or form to just kind of sculpt this thing the way that he wants to. Mm. So uh, that's where it's at. I think this is a move to make them respectable and, and and keep them in this thing and not fall out of the playoffs, and then see what what happens after that. Yeah, as a matter of fact, let's try to let's 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 check in and see. Um, what you know, what their cap situation looks like. So, <clears throat> let's see here. Wow, one hundred eighty-six point nine million for for coming off the or what? What is that exactly? Okay, let me make sure I got. Let me make sure I got this right. Let me. Oh, okay, I have this set up for the 2023-2024 season. Let me set it up for the 2024-25. All right, here we go. Now that's the number I'm looking for. So, as of right now, the only players. That you're locked into remotely, 
Um, Joel and B. J. Spring, like you said, Paul Reed. I think they have the bird rights. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's that's correct. Yep. Um, and then uh, I, I I can I can see them bringing back Paul Reed. Um, but the total cap that the Sixers are going to have to play or be able to play with is two hundred fifty three point eight million dollars. That's a lot of money to move around. Yeah, man. That that's you a know, lot of money. That's there's some there's some flexibility there for sure. Um, all right. Well, listen. As the the show goes on here, anything that goes down, Sixers wise or NBA, like Gordon Hayward got moved. There's a couple other guys. Kelly Olynyk got moved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of these are are expiring contract guys. Which you you know, unfortunately, that's kind of what the trade deadlines turned into in a lot of ways. Um, but if we get anything else, um, you know, we're, we're going to dive back into the Sixers pretty hard at twelve o'clock and just kind of look at the big picture too. Um, we'll pass it along. All right. So a couple other things, Tone. Uh, Brian Johnson has accepted a position with the Washington Commanders. Wow. We, we don't know exactly, yeah, what it's going to be. Uh, it, it, it was termed a significant role on the offensive staff. I don't know that – we know Kingsbury's the OC, right? That much we know. Um, but he will be joining them. I w- Here's what I would guess, right? He's Kingsbury's right-hand man, and he also coaches up the quarterbacks. I'm guessing. You mean to tell me Brian Johnson is an op now? He's the opposition. He is. He is a. He is an NFC East foe, my man. Yes. Oh well, you know, that's why you got to be careful who you invite over for dinner. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh-huh. Congratulations to him, though. He has a job. Congratulations well, to him, though. All, you know, all jokes aside, congratulations to him. He has a job. Um, uh, one can argue he didn't get a fair shake in Philadelphia, especially on the back end when. Uh, Nick Sirianni was uh, taking blame for everything, and lo and behold, Brian Johnson was had ended up being responsible for everything. That's why he right. lost his job. So, uh, congratulations to him for securing another gig at the NFL. Hopefully, he can um, uh, revitalize um, the quest to be an OC and next a uh, head coach. Yeah, I, I think that it's it is funny. We were I, I don't know what day it was yesterday, the day before we were talking about this. I'm like, did either one of those guys sign on with anybody yet? I don't think the Sai has yet. No. But what you know, we'll see. I, as time goes on, this will weed itself out, and we'll find out how much was them, meaning Brian Johnson and Sean Desai, and how much was the Eagles. Mm-hmm. We will we, we will find that out because that kind of stuff. Brian Johnson's too young, Desai's too young for them not to have other opportunities. And if they do, and they go on to be successful, that's on the Eagles. If they don't, if they kind of linger in that coaching purgatory where you're just jumping from teams in with them, well, no, you know they they aren't the guys. Um, but yeah, it's it's so hard to decipher tone. What happened last year? Who's to blame? Is it all of them? Uh, you know exactly what went down. It's it's very difficult. You know because you can assess blame to Nick Sirianni. You could do it to Brian Johnson. You could do it to Desai. You could do it to Patricia. You could do it to Jalen Hurts. You could do it to mm-hmm. not enough talent on the defensive side, and that falls on Howie Roseman. Everybody could wear it, or it could be one thing. We've heard reports that that Desai was too un unwilling to to be flexible and compromise. We've heard reports that, you know, Brian may have been too buddy, buddy with Jalen. I don't know what's real, man. When you lose, everybody's pointing fingers at everybody and, Mm -hmm. and and you're looking to just dump it on somebody rather than, you know, a big picture of things, just the way it goes. Look, and I feel like the lazy conversation to have is to say, Oh, it was only this. It was only that. And the reality is it was a lot of issues that they had that we overlooked. Right. You know, um, Jalen Hurts did not perform at a high level last year. 20 turnovers, unacceptable. Mm-hmm. 
he did not execute at a high level. He did not execute well enough to put this team in the willing co- in the winning column on the back end of the season. Yep. And even in the first part, even in the first half of the season, there were still games where it was a a struggle or it was herky jerky. He never looked quite comfortable all year. Mm-hmm. So again, he has to wear his part of that. It's unacceptable to turn the ball over 20 plus times. You know, we can talk about the production um all we want, but when you turn the ball over 20 times and your team loses um and your team goes one and seven in the final eight games, and you get blown out in a wild card like that, and you lose to the and you lose to the Giants and the Cardinals the way you did and the Seahawks the way you did. How can we call that a good season? Uh, you can't. I mean, it's no, it, it, it's a failure. A- anything short of winning the Super Bowl is a failure. Period with this team. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't even accept getting to the Super Bowl as being no. You took a step back. You're, yeah. you're you're supposed to progress. They didn't progress, and they and they took three steps backwards. It doesn't mean they're done. It doesn't mean you can't turn it around with with yeah. smart GMing and right. If right. These guys are right, but you took a huge step backwards, man. Right. You know. You know. And then when you call people on the carpet, you know, it's not. Coach Marcus is right about this, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's think, that we, we we discussed this yesterday. And I just want to re- reiterate: mm-hmm. one of Kellen Moore's greatest traits as a, as a coordinator has been he's very good against the blitz. It's just just in a, just for people maybe didn't, didn't hear our discussion yesterday. He's been very good his his whole career there with that. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, again, that's even more to my point that the onus is on Jalen Hurts to turn this thing around for himself, and it's going to correlate because ultimately. If you have stability at the quarterback position, and if your quarterback is delivering, you should be able. You know, you could work around everything else, right? Um, but again, like I said, Jalen Hurts has to own his part of it. I'm sure he does. And you know, you know, because I criticize Jalen Hurts doesn't mean I wish for Jalen Hurts' failure or I don't think he can turn it around. I'm acknowledging how his 2023, 2024 campaign went, and I'm going to give a fair assessment of that. And then I'm going to say. I believe he can turn it around because of what he's shown us in years past. Whenever he's faced some sort of adversity or some kind of setback, he's elevated his game and positioned the team to go forward. Yep. Um, so he has to carry his load. Um, on the other side of things, Nick Sirianni has to do his part, whatever that part may be, whatever slice of the pie he's responsible for <laughs> at this point, he has to make sure he's maximizing that. We got these new coordinators in the building. What kind of impact would they what kind of impact would they have? You know, we know their pedigree, we know their resume. Um, we know what they have done, mm-hmm. but we need, but it, it, it remains to be seen what they will do um, with the Philadelphia Eagles. And then Harry Roseman, this guy, how, well, excuse me, Howard, Howard Roseman has to do his part this offseason because, in my humble opinion, no middle a name. Lot of pressure. No, no middle, middle name. name. Howard, no middle name Roseman. Yes. He uh-huh. has a lot to carry this offseason. I'm looking forward to seeing how he moves his contracts, how he restructures. He has bad contracts in that cornerback position. Um, he has to figure out the long-term plan for Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. He has to figure out the um, the draft game plan. Um, he has to figure out wide receiver depth. Um, what's the future at running back? Um, who's the backup quarterback? We're going to talk about that stuff later yeah, on. Yeah, we're going to dive into um, under. We did a lot of like headliner stuff yesterday. We're going to do kind of under the radar stuff in a second. Yeah, Exactly. Um, there's so many things surrounding this Philadelphia Eagles team that has to be figured out either this season, or, I'm sorry, either this offseason or the following offseason. Um, this is going to be an eventful two years for the Philadelphia Eagles. Dead on. I want and, to throw this past. And the you. clock has started officially on the oh, Jalen Hurts. Um, without a doubt. Come March when that contract strikes midnight. Oh yeah, the clock officially starts on Jalen on Jalen Hurts, and that's just and that's just a fair assessment. When you get paid the big bucks, you get you get you, there are big expectations, you know, that are uh, you know that people want from you. I agree. I agree. All right. Um, our, our buddy Jeff Mosher uh, from Inside the Birds, he and Adam Kaplan do an excellent job with their with their. Yeah, podcast. I love their content. 
It's very good stuff. Uh, and they, and they, you know, Jeff is a, is an old school reporter and he gets, he gets a lot of good in, inside information, but I thought this was interesting. So they, they were having a discussion yesterday and, and one of the things that, that Jeff said that he had heard and what their, their sources there were telling them was the Eagles and Cliff Kingsbury were very close to this thing becoming real uh, with him as the offensive coordinator. And they, they were really liking the concepts he was throwing their way. And he was, you know, he was on board with joining on joining them and coaching Jalen and all that kind of stuff. But as as time moved on, and maybe it was the second interview or whatever the case may be, um, the Eagles started to get uncomfortable with the amount of autonomy that Cliff would have wanted on the offensive side. Um, what I don't know whether that was personnel or play call. I don't know the details of it. Hmm. Um, but it just got me to think a little bit here. You know how how much of a concern is it? The control that that Lori and Howie want, and how much of that is an impediment that you have to to sort of overcome if you're agreeing to be a coach on the staff. Apparently, Kellen Moore was a little bit more amenable to uh, you know collaborative uh, input, so to speak. Um, I'll tell you, it worries me a little bit. It does. Like to me, in some ways, you hire a person for them to do the job. You know, and it, again, I, I, I'm not saying that you aren't consulted, that you don't have some say and some input and things and all that, but that worries me, the, the control factor with, with those guys. I, I would have to agree with you. Um, it's a major concern because, it, because look, at this point, you've already uh, neutered your head coach and, you know, you have a guy coming in that you love everything he has to say. Oh, but you can't step on our toes, but so far. And it's just like, what 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 is your expectation, right? Do you want guys to do you want football guys to come in and be football guys and coach and you know really give you some real insight, or you want to play and pretend like you know what you're doing better than these guys? You know it's it's very frustrating to see um, an organization so insecure. You're so insecure. In my opinion, it it it's it's a it's an indication of how insecure you are. No one's going to steal your organization from under you. You know what I mean? Like, did Chip Kelly scar them this bad? I I think he did. I, I the honest answer is yes. I think he did. Like I like it, it's yeah. We've all had bad relationships, but damn, like, come on, man, you yeah. got to move on. You got to do what's best for the organization. And look, um, I'm not saying I'm a huge supporter of Cliff Kingsbury. Don't get me wrong at all. I'm not. That's not my guy. Yeah. But it's just the notion that you loved everything he had to say, but. He wanted a little bit, he wanted a little, and again, we don't know what's the, the brevity or the length of this control that he supposedly wanted. We don't, we yeah. don't know the extent of it. Yeah. That's in, in fairness. I don't know that I doubt it, but Kingsbury may have said, Hey, listen, I, I, I don't want to hear from anybody. I'm doing my, if he, if he went that direction, I get it. Then you, then you're, you know what I mean? There's extremes. I don't, I don't think he did that, but yeah, that, that's fair. Statement. Yeah. And, and that's the part that if, if we're going to call it down the middle, right, we have no idea what he said or what level of control he wanted. Right. But one thing we can say, we know the Philadelphia Eagles have a real issue with control. And sometimes they can overstep their bounds. Yeah. So again, I may not know much about Cliff Kingsbury and he may not be my cup of tea, but one thing I do know the Philadelphia Eagles, they can, they can be gung ho with control and they can be a little uh, gun shy, you know, um, and they, and, and they, and they hold their cards close to their vests. Yep. They do. They um, do. I uh, so it is. Hey. So 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 again, it, it it is a major concern for me, and it makes me it makes me think about, um, okay, if you didn't let Cliff Kingsbury have 
any kind of say or control. I'm curious um, what Vic Fangio agreed to, you know, when it came to the job. And again, Vic Fangio has many years more of experience. Don't get me wrong. 30 yeah. plus years of experience. But it makes you think if you weren't, you, you didn't want to allow Cliff Kingsbury to have any level of say in anything, did Vic Fangio placate to the organization and say, yeah, I, I'll let you guys do that. I'll suggest things, but I'll let you guys control that. So it makes you think. Uh, here's what I wonder. Do they want more input on the offensive side? And and they're willing to give their defensive guy a little bit more say? Because it was so bad? Mm, that's possible. Could it's be. possible. It, it could be, you know, and, and you know, Kellen Moore's been around too, even though he's a young, younger dude. But mm. I, I think they would, they sort of view Fangio, I think, more like, okay, hey, you got it, man. Like, this, this mm. is your ball game here. I, yeah. And it makes me think about, okay, what what's Kellen Moore's role? I mean, obviously he's going to be calling the plays and he's going to, you know, help, you know, carve out the offense. But it makes me think what was he willing to accept yeah. versus what Kingsbury was not willing to accept. Yeah. And I need to find out what's in between that. Uh, all right. Let me give you a uh, another NBA trade. I think the Knicks helped themselves here. So the Knicks have traded. Uh, this is a, a trade with the Knicks and the Pistons. Uh, so the Knicks get uh, Boyang Bogdanovich and Alec Burks, two guys who can score for sure. I like Bogdanovich, even though he's 34. I, yeah, I, I like Alec play. Burks. Um, I was kind of irked when we got rid of him or when he didn't want to resign. I, whatever high yeah. went down, I wanted him back. Yep. Uh, those two guys go to New York. Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, Evan Fournier, and Ryan Archidiacono, former Nova uh, player, along with two second-round picks, go to Detroit. So that is – the Knicks are – Knicks are stocking up. Knicks are bringing in some scorers here uh, to be able to get after it. And if you didn't, if you're just jumping on with us, the Sixers made a deal uh, to bring in Buddy Heald from Indianapolis, and they trade away Marcus Morris, Burkan Korkmaz, three second rounders. They also moved Daniel House to Detroit, uh, which appears to be a move that, to free up salary cap space to be able to grab one of these guys who are going to be waived. So that's uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. We'll get more into the Sixers in a little bit, Tone. Let's come back and and let's dig into some storylines. We we went with sort of the headliners yesterday. Let's go with ones that I think are very important, but are maybe not talked about quite as much. Okay, so we'll dig into that when we come back again between now and three o'clock trade deadline. We'll give you all we have, all we have. All right, let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Been going there since I was a little kid. They've been family owned since 1985. Alex and the crew there every single day, putting out the uh, the best, the absolute best variety. Uh, of food that you could possibly have. They have 20 different styles of pizza daily. They have slices to go. They have the specialized pizza. However you want it, they will make it. But if you're not up for pizza, great. Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers uh, for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. So you can follow them and get all the information that you need at the Bravo Pizza of at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook. There'll be daily specials there, promotions, the menu. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. You give them a call right now, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street 
and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Hi, welcome back, kids. Sports Take. Rob Ellistone to Shields hanging with you on this Friday Eve. Uh, Paul Hudrick, who we had on what last week, Tone from Liberty Ballers, uh, yes, did a really good job covering the Sixers. He tweeted out, uh, the Sixers did have interest in uh, Bojan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks, that that package from the Pistons, but was told that the Pistons coveted Quentin Grimes uh, of the Knicks, and the Sixers don't have that type of player to give. 
So uh, that's may explain some things, right? So yeah, yeah. The asking that. price was just a little, little, little steep. So uh, yep. And again, I'm I'm glad so far that they didn't sacrifice any first rounders, and you didn't bring anybody in yet uh, that you would have to carry over into next year. So that's kind of where we are. If you're just jumping on, Sixers got Buddy Heald uh, from the Pacers, who comes in and provides certainly something they need. Bad three point shooting. He's shooting 38.4 percent from three this mm-hmm. year. He's a career 40% shooter, which is a good number, you know, considering the volume of shots. Great number. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the big move. If they, if more happens, we'll let you know. Also, Daniel house is gone and what's looks like a money move to allow them to be able to uh, grab up somebody who gets waived. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eagles. I want to start with this one tone because, you know, frankly, this was one of the things that drove me crazy about this team last year. Uh, all right. So, um, they only took the ball away 18 times last season to the Eagles from the opponent. Uh, that is the worst number in football. Okay. Wow. Uh, and there are some bad football teams out there. This team was in the playoffs and won 11 games and only took the ball away 18 times in 17 games. It's a terrible number. So in addition to, you know, having to fix the linebacking core and the safeties in the corners and figuring out the defensive line and all that, one of the priorities for me from this team has to be bringing in playmakers. And I know we think playmaker like offensive side of the ball. I think playmaker on both sides of the ball. You have to have somebody who's got a nose for the football. CJGJ for all his warts and we know he can be a pain in the butt and all the other stuff is a guy who somehow is always around the football. It feels like they need those kind of players in addition to everything else. And it's something they need to look at in the draft guys who took the ball away at the college level. Yeah, I agree with the seat. The thing is they need, they need players or the problem was they had players that were too slow to the ball. Guys that weren't, like you said, weren't playmakers. And um, they just weren't impactful, right? You know, as much as we like Reed Blankenship, he's slow. He's he's limited. He doesn't have the greatest athleticism. Uh, obviously, Kevin Byard, you know, he's on the back nine as he's well. not the guy he was, yep. Not, not, not the guy he was. It's just that simple. Uh, who else we got there? Obviously, James Bradbury, a non-factor all year. I mean, Slay will get some picks, but Slay, Slay, just Slay's like last not year, what he was. He, yeah, just like not. last year, Slay got his picks early in the season, then disappeared. Um, but overall, they need guys. They need more speed on the back end. They need more athleticism on the back end. They, they need guys that take better angles to the football um, on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, will they find that in the draft? Um, I want them to draft uh, a corner in the first round. That's my that that that's what I want in the first round. If they can land on that guy Kool Aid or whoever, um, in the first round that's of high caliber, I'm rolling with it. I'm willing to roll a dice on any top prospect at corner in the first round. Uh, at safety, Sidney Brown getting hurt was a big deal, and um, we don't know when he's going to come back. Hopefully, he's there by the start of the season. Yep. Um, I, I think they still need to figure out, you know, what, what's going to be their approach there. Is are they going to draft another guy? Or are they going to bring in a a veteran? Um, how, you know what's going to be their approach, but overall, I think um, they just need uh, they need to get faster. They, they were slow on defense. Yeah, yeah, uh, all the above, man. And, and and part of being slow is also you know an issue with the takeaways on the back end for sure. Mm-hmm. But so you you look at there's that side, and then the flip side of this is tone. They turned it over 28 times, <laughs> which is the yeah the you know the seventh worst in football. 19 of those is Jalen. We know that uh, well chronicled 15 picks and four fumbles lost. Um, but you know, I, I 
you go back and talk to any coach at any level. I'm talking about, you know, peewee football, high school football, college, the NFL. What's the first word that comes out of their mouth? Turnovers. Mm -hmm. The first word. We got to take care of the football and we got to take the football away. And it's, it's to me, it's the most underrated or under talked about storyline of this Eagles team. They stunk in both categories. Their plus minus stunk. It's funny. You know, growing up, they always tell you, be quick to give and slow to receive. <laughs> if this isn't one of those situations. Not in sports, man. Not in sports, baby. <laughs> Not in sports. Be slow to give. And I want you to be quick to receive. And look, we talked about this in the first segment. Jalen Hurts accounted for 19 of those turnovers. Can't happen. And here's another thing that we got to keep in mind, too. Jalen Hurts fumbling the ball isn't an anomaly. I think last season he fumbled the ball six times. Mm -hmm. And he didn't lose any of them. That's luck. That's the ball bouncing your way. Right. This year he fumbled, I think, five times. And he lost four of them. Correct. The ball didn't bounce your way. And you saw in that first half of that season, the ball bounces way often. You know, there were situations where they fumbled. Perfect example, that Cowboys game. They fumbled like two or three times in that game. And the ball just bounced their way at the perfect time. Yeah. So, again, um, you can't put the ball on the carpet. Jalen Hurts has to hold on to the ball better. Um, because when you put when you put yourself in a situation, you, you now, now you're not in control. The oblong ball can bounce anywhere, you know. And last year, the Philadelphia Eagles had a lot of things on their side. So, Jalen Hurts has to do a better job of protecting the football in the pocket. Um, got to do a better job of getting the ball over the line of scrimmage. Too many of his um, passes were batted down um, at the line of scrimmage and led to either a pick six or just an interception, whatever it may be. Has to do a better job of seeing the field and getting the ball over the line of scrimmage and uh, manipulating the pocket and finding passing lanes. Mm -hmm. um, can't turn the ball over 19 times, 15 interceptions. It's just unacceptable. You know, it's, it's, it's no, no other way around it. Um, and then you have other guys that, at, you know, moments, um, you know, sparsed out. You know, uh, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown fumbled in that Cowboys game. And that's just, um, you know, that, yeah, that was fluky. That was the only time they fumbled all year. Um, most of those turnovers, you got to look at Jalen Hurts. You got to. Yeah. And, and here's where I, I feel good in that that generally has not been him. And I, I, I feel like that just may have been a part of the everything that went goofy last year. Everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong and all that. And I think, you know, he, that's one of the things he always does bring up when he's talking about, you know, was talking about the season is turnovers. So I, I think you can fix that. I think you get him back to that. I think some of it is pocket awareness, not being strip sacked. Some of it is you just, if you're going to be the runner, man, just cover up a little bit better. And the other part, this is where I think, you know, the, the Kellen Moore and the coaching changes can, can really help him is just give him better options rather than feeling like you have to force feed it down the field to AJ. But I do think he also has to look at it and say, you know what? Maybe I'm a little too AJ centric as great as he is. I need to trust some other guys who are open and not always have to try to make the big play with AJ. Yeah. It has, it has to be considered. It has to be discussed. You know, um, Jalen hurts and AJ Brown, as much as we love that connection, um, Jalen hurts leaned to the, the offense, the game planning, it all leaned too heavily on, you know, Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm trying. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at the targets right now. So um, right now, CeeDee Lamb led the, led the NFL in targets with 181 targets, right? Right. Um, A.J. Brown was ranked eighth in the NFL in targets with 158 targets. So although he didn't lead the league in targets, the fact of the matter is when it came to the Philadelphia Eagles, he led them He led them by, he, he led them in targets by a large margin. Yeah. Let me make sure I got this number right because I want to make sure I, I, I do it justice here. 
Um, all right, here we go. So when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles in terms of targets and receiving, uh, AJ Brown had 158 targets. Devontae Smith had 112. Wow. That's a 46 target disparity. Damn. That's a big difference. That's a big difference, man. Think about that. Yeah. So and um, that's the thing. It's not like Devontae is an untrustworthy guy. Like, in other words, exactly. it, it, I don't mind you ignoring Quez Watkins by all means. Right. right. <laughs> but don't ignore Devontae to that extent. Exactly. So um, it's, just, it's just unacceptable. The reality is your offense is more dangerous um, when more people are able to touch the ball. You know, you have some people who err on the side of, well, you're paying them. You you, you know, you, 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 you throw the ball to them. Yeah. And, and I'm like, uh yeah, but you there there's game planning for a reason. Games take on a complexion and an aura, and you have to you have to find a way to make your entire arsenal dangerous, right? You know, you can't just you can't just use a hammer to fix everything. Sure. Sometimes you got to use the screwdriver. Sometimes you got to use uh the wrench and all that kind of. And so if you're asking me to use any of those, you're in trouble. But yes, I agree with you. <laughs> You got to use the whole toolkit in order right. to build the house. Jalen Hurts relied too much on the hammer. Mm -hmm. And the house ended up crumbling in the end. Yeah. So as much as I as much as I enjoyed AJ Brown's production, it was box office, it was storybook, it was historic, back-to-back -back seasons over 1,400 yards. You can make an argument he's the most dominant receiver that we've consistently seen. In the Eagles uniform, we, you know, you know, we 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 can we can debate that and we can have fun with that. And it's exciting. People buy the jerseys. People love them. You know what I mean? People love the cleats, all that kind of stuff. You know, he's marketable. But the Eagles have to do a better job at feeding the house, feeding the room, instead of just catering to one guy. All right. So there, there are two for me. The takeaway giveaway thing is 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 a very very big one as as far as I'm concerned. Here's another another question that I have for you. Do we overrate the offensive line? Mm. You know, like Coach Marcus uh, threw, threw a comment in the chat, you know, whoever was responsible for the inability to pick up the blitz. I'm not saying it's all on the offensive line. It, I think that's coaching. I think it's Jalen. I think it's, it's you know, everybody wears some of it. But the, the offensive line does too. And, uh, you know, that to me, they struggled with that. They struggled with, uh, you know, running the ball, even though the Eagles weren't as committed as they could have been. They still bring back Lane. They still might bring back Kelsey. You know, you still have two good guards if that's the case. <clears throat> case and Jordan Mailata. But is it as good as we think it is, as we give them credit for, in your estimation? Here's the thing. Um, the purpose of the Blitz is to stretch your O-line, to send one more guy than they can block. And when you send – you have five offensive linemen. You send six guys. Somebody's going untouched. In turn, who's left the block? The running back. The Eagles running backs couldn't block a damn schoolgirl from crossing the damn street. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was it was bad for the running backs. I think if they got better blocking from the running back position, you probably would have saw the offensive line respond better to the blitz. Um, again, now as far as how the game plan responds to the blitz, as far as like, you know, hot read, you know, hot routes, all that kind of stuff. Yes, Jalen Hurts and the coaches got to wear that part. They got to do a better job of just getting the ball out quick, period. Um, but it's, but, but from, a, from from an offensive line perspective, um, 
these guys made Pro Bowls and all pros. So they clearly had a good enough season where they got recognition for it. Mm-hmm. And they were getting blitzed the most all year. So, yeah, did Lane take a slight step back this year? Maybe. He did. He was dealing with a couple injuries throughout the season, but still battled through. Um, the Cam Jurgens been in and out of the lineup. Did that hurt them? I'm sure. You know, you had to rotate Sue Opeta and Tyler Steen and Jack Driscoll at moments. So you had to kind of figure that out. But you can do a lot worse. Um, Kelsey was the first team All-Pro. Landon Dickerson, Pro Bowler. Um, Melada, I think, is a Pro Bowler alternate. Um, based off of PFF standards, he was um, a top three um, left tackle in the NFL. So how bad was this offensive line, really? You feel me? Yeah, so I, 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 I think, yeah, you, in other yeah. words, it, it's it, you, there's a lot of other areas to look. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and also, again, I said I, I said it before, the running backs were awful in picking up the blitz. Awful. That's why they're there. Mm-hmm. You know, they had that additional blocker. You know, when they send six, okay, you may got five offensive linemen, but you got the running back back there at least chip or at least slow a guy down. They were a turnstile. Swift couldn't block. Penny couldn't block. That's why he couldn't get on the field. Mm-hmm. Kenny Gainwell can't block. You know, Boston Scott, that's not that's not really his strength, but he barely saw the field anyway. True. So I look at the Philadelphia Eagles and say, okay, you, you still have this offensive line that's, in my opinion, still top five in the league. Maybe not number one anymore, but top five, which is I'm pretty sure a lot of teams will kill to have oh, that. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So you need to do a better job at evaluating the running back position and putting pass blocking at the forefront. That's how I look at it. Okay. All right, fair. Uh, and again, uh, let's go. Let's get pursuit with Baldy. You mentioned our running back can't block a Saquon Quan work the Bucks. All right, so I, I'll let me jump on that real quick. Because I, I saw some speculation. I, I read so many things, man. I can't even remember where I saw this, but right. I, I thought it made sense. Somebody was saying it, it looks like his days with the Giants are gone. Mm-hmm. They thought a really good fit for Saquon was the Chargers with Jim Harbaugh. And what he likes to do with his backs, and what what uh, Greg Roman likes to do with his backs, catch the ball out of the backfield. We know Saquon, Saquon can do that. You know, be the guy who can carry the load as a running back. We know he can do that certainly if he stays healthy. So L.A. Just keep your eye on L.A. because Eckler's probably going to walk. He's a free agent. Yeah. Um, the I, running back. The running back. Uh, free agent market is loaded. definitely. Uh, I don't want to say oversaturated, but it's a lot. Of, it's a, it's a lot of names out there that you can really. Um, that you know that, that you wouldn't mind having in your team. You know, Tony Pollard's Tony Pollard's gonna be a free, he's, he's a free agent, he's 26, young guy, Austin Eckler, 28, Silicon Barkley, 26, Josh Jacobs, 25. Uh, you got Derrick Henry out there, you got Cordell Patterson, an older guy. So we'll see what his future holds. You got Gus Edwards, Ezekiel Elliott, Devin Singletary, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, young guy who's only 24, DeAndre Swift, 25, uh, Deontay Foreman, 27. You know, the age, the ages for these running backs are pretty favorable. So um you know, as a matter of fact, what is Austin Eckler's market value right now? Austin well, I'll Eckler's, say this while you, while you check it, right? Seven point four million. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, to answer his question, his initial question, which I didn't. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think the Eagles are going to be in the market for Saquon. Yeah, Saquon's market value was nine point nine million um, per season, mm-hmm. um, and they anticipate him getting a three year contract worth nearly thirty, worth nearly thirty million. No shot. The Eagles are not doing that. No shot. There's no way they're paying. And again, this is an estimation, right? Saquon might not even see 9.9 million a season. He may be lucky to see seven. I agree. So, I agree. Uh, it, it all depends on how things shake, but I don't think Sa- I think Saquon Barkley might be a little too rich for them. Um, I agree. 
I wouldn't mind them. I wouldn't mind them looking at. Let me see. I, I'm with. I've been saying this all along, and, and Coach Marcus said, "I want Swift back, man." It, like, and I know he might. I, I think he, the Eagles are going to be helped by it being such a deep market that you may be able to get him back at a decent rate. Yeah, as of right now, his market value is at six point seven million. Uh, he's twenty five years old. Um, sure, I would love Swift to come back, but he can't be my end all be all. I oh no, it. no, it's not. I'm not. I'm not hell bent like that. But I, if it, if it, I, he's a play the field. See what you got. Come back to us. We'll yeah, I, yeah. I need. I, I need a combination of. I need power back there, Rob. That's what I need. Well, uh, they, I told you. You know the Eagles were dead last. They were dead last um, when it came to yards um, after contact in the NFL. They were dead last. Yeah, they were, uh, and that's that's one of the things that Kellen Moore likes. He likes a he likes a power back, and he likes a guy who's shifty. Uh, and they had it, you know, with Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard for a couple of years in Dallas. So, I I'm not saying it's 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 necessarily going to be one player or another, but I'm telling you, like that, you're going to get. I think we're, we've seen the last of um, probably Boston Scott, and you're probably going to get a stronger back in there with Gainwell and whomever the number one guy is. My estimation. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Give me one second. I got a technical difficulty on my side. Give me one, all right. One so, uh, all right. A couple other things. So, what we're going through is kind of some of the other storylines that we maybe haven't hit yet uh, this off season. And and running back was going to be one of the things I was going to hit you with, but we 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 just did it there. All right. Here's another one for me. We all give D- Dallas Goddard a lot of love, you know, and, and rightfully so. But he's had a really hard time staying on the field which I, I know some of these things are out of his control. And I think last year, the offense in general did a terrible job scheming him up to utilize his skill. But I need to see Dallas Goddard be a pro Bowl type of, of tight end next year. Cause we haven't seen it. I feel like we've, we've gotten glimpses and flashes. We all know the talent and he's a really good two way guy. Cause he can block, he can straight up block, but I need to see it. I need to see him be a stud. I so, need to see him be healthy. <laughs> That's all yeah. I need. Just be healthy. And then we could talk about everything else. <laughs> like, be healthy, be available for seventeen games. Shoot, give me fifteen games at least. Damn, um, that's my biggest thing with him. Be healthy. I'm not concerned about the talent. I'm not. I'm not even concerned about the production. Um, the main reason production was a question last year because they didn't. Know, they didn't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. It's like it quite frankly looked like they didn't know what to do with the guy. They didn't know how to get him involved. It took them forever to get him. Too often we see games where he has either no targets or one target. Like it, it, it's it's unacceptable. So when you have a guy that talented, you got to find a way to give him the ball. It's just that simple. Um, that, that, that goes into our conversation about overfeeding AJ Brown. Uh, but again, it goes back to the root. He has to stay healthy. If he can't stay healthy, then what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are we talking about? Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Uh, all right. So uh, I thought this was interesting. Andy Reid. Uh, a little earlier was asked about uh, the field conditions last year uh, in the Super Bowl. I don't want to reopen this wound for Eagles fans, but uh, he said he thought last year's conditions were probably a fluke. He expects uh, uh, Allegiant Stadium, I think I'm pronouncing that right, to to surface to be better, but adds Casey's equipment guys are bringing the whole house just in case. Does that not, I, I'm sorry, man. Like I, I, again, there's a lot of things the Eagles did to lose that Super Bowl. Jalen's fumble. The defense couldn't get stops. It pisses me off beyond belief that on the grandest of stages that both teams had to deal with that crap. 
it, it's a joke. The yeah. NFL should be ashamed. And Roger Goodell has no balls because he won't admit something like that. That, but I'd rather you would, if you admit it, okay, chalk it up to a mistake. We'll never let it happen again. But the denial really bothers me, man. Really, bothers hey, listen, me. man. When you're when you're a puppet to your stakeholders. What do you expect? I know. You know I mean, I know. as long as that, as long as that check you plan, as long as they keep extending them, it's the reason he keeps they they keep you know extending his contract because he does exactly what they want him to do. Yeah. Yep. And it's just that simple, man. It's it, know. you know sometimes I, know. It's, I, know. I don't think there's nothing wrong with saying you know what that field was unacceptable. You know, we'll you know we'll own that one. It's we, I feel like people will get over it from that point. Yeah. <laughs> but nah, you know the ego, ego, the ego drives a lot in this league. All right. Uh, all right. Let me get off of that. I know. I see. I see. I see you boiling right now, man. You're the veins, boiling. The veins, the veins in the head. Yeah. yeah. All, right. all right. Um, in your estimate, I'll ask you this because I I don't know. Kind of go back and forth. How important is the backup quarterback? Uh, you know, Marcus Mariota thankfully didn't have to get on the field last year. Jalen played every game, but we know he was. Some other guys may not have. He he was he was limping around. You know, with some issues uh, last year, the year before he missed some time with the shoulder. He has had his fair share of injuries in his career. Do you run it back with Mariota? Do you, do you, do you feel good enough about Tanner McKee at this point, or do you look for an option elsewhere? How do you handle the backup quarterback? Well, obviously I still want Tanner McKee on the roster. Um, I like, I like his tools. Um, I, I, w- I don't mind moving on from Mariota. Um, he's, he does you know, when you told me about him not being born into the game in the first place, I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know how much, I don't know how serious he's taking his role here as a backup. So I would love to have somebody in there that's actually, you know, won before, um, somebody who has some pedigree to an extent, someone that we can say, oh, they had a respectable career, or they had a career that we were all like, wow, they were. There was a point in time where they were really good. Um, all throughout Mariota's career, we all had different opinions about him. You know the health and the consistency and all that kind of stuff. Mariota, not at not any point in his career was he universally lauded. So I would, you know, I, I would like to bring somebody in who, at least for a three, four, five stretch of the career, where they were legit. You know, they they had real respect in the NFL. Um, I know those kind of guys are hard to find. As a matter of fact, while we're on it, let's look at the current free agents at quarterback because I think that gives a a bit of a sample size of what we could be looking at here and look maybe that's not even the top thing on our priority list but it probably should be because god forbid something happens to that young man and jalen hurts we're going to be in a world of trouble so um obviously you got Kirk cousins we're not looking at him you got ryan Tannehill, jacoby Brissett, tyrod taylor marcus mariota sam Darnold, james winston uh we ian dubs um drew lock baker mayfield garner Minshew, teddy bridgewater who's going to retire uh, Tyler Huntley, Joe Flacco, Joshua Dobbs, Easton Stick, and, and you know now we're getting into some dark yeah, waters. You, you don't even need to take any. So, um, not many guys that I would probably take a flyer on, but I've always liked Jacoby Brissett. Whenever he whenever he had to fill in, he always was able to get you a few wins here and there. Uh, other than yeah, that, I, I, don't, I mean, I, I'd be fine if you kept the alignment the way it is. If you get them all back, well, I mean, you know, you know, Marcus is going to be a free agent, so I, I, I do see them having a third quarterback. I, I just um, mean at the same number. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. But either way, yeah, I, like I, I'd be fine if they decide they, they felt good enough about McKee too to, to to roll with him. Yeah, I'll even bring. I, I even like the kid, uh, Tyler Huntley. Remember he played in Baltimore. He had he, he has some he has yeah. some nice stretches for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. 
He, yeah, he's got a um, God. He he does remind you when, when of Lamar when he's out there too. Just the 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 movement, you know, the 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 mobility. Yeah, I'd be fine with yeah. that. I mean, I feel like he would be a good fit here if you wanted to upgrade that. You know. Yeah. yeah um, I but I, I don't know what he would get in the open market. So right as of right now, is he mm, so? Last year, his annual average salary was two point six million. That's cheaper than what did they get Mariota seven? I think they gave Mariota five. Oh, okay. I mean, you're so, saving. Um, but again, that's what he got last year. Um, he might get a little more than that. It's going around. He's young. Um, he has put some pretty. He has some. He has put some good film. On, he he put some good film on tape. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Well, look, there, there's some of the things that I'm looking at, and the, there's, I, I'll just give you the obvious ones. I don't, I don't know that these are underplayed because we talked about it, but it's something that has to has to change here. Mm. Depth at the receiver spot, depth at the tight end spot. Mm. There are two positions that it's just. It, it, you look at how many teams have good number threes in the league. There's a, there's a, a good amount of teams that have a, a quality number three, and the Eagles really lack that this year. And you, you know where you really saw it, Tone. You, you know when AJ went down. You know, and Devontae missed the game too. But when those guys went down, you were you left Jalen with very few options. And, and and same thing, Dallas Goddard's hurt every year. It's just a fact that they haven't addressed that with a better backup is a mistake, and they need to do better at those spots. Yeah, the wide receiver market is uh, is actually pretty pretty solid here. Um, in free agency, um, obviously Mike Evans is out of their price range, and I think Michael Pittman is going to be outside of their outside of their those price range as well. Yeah, super pricey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Calvin Ridley is also gonna be outside the price range. But then you got guys like Gabe Davis from Buffalo, I Tyler like Boyd. If he can stay healthy, I like Gabe a lot. Yeah, he and Gabe Davis is only 24. Yeah. Um, got Tyler Boyd, he's 29. T. Higgins, he's gonna command also some big money. He's gonna T. Higgins might command 20 million. Yeah. Uh, got Curtis Samuel out there, Josh Reynolds. Uh, he played for Detroit. Got uh, Hollywood Brown. Um, Noah Brown played for Houston. He had a really good year for uh, the Houston Texans. You got o- uh, Odell Beckham, KJ Osborne from Minnesota, DJ Chark. You know, there's some guys that I wouldn't mind having at my number three spot. Are, do, do any of those names that I mentioned so far um, stand out to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that you, you there's a you go for, you went from real heavy guys who are going to be signed somewhere and be a number one to like qual- nice guys like Noah Noah Brown was very good for the uh, Texans last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty eight years old, a veteran. Yeah, Chark, those guys. Yeah, they, they would be w- much better options for the Eagles than what they have uh, already. Um, so I'd be fine with any of those. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know why. There were so, there's a couple guys they have this sort of fascination with. Quez Watkins was one of them. I think they finally got past that. You know, Kenneth Gamewell's okay, but they like him a lot more than I do. There's, yeah. there's some I don't I don't see certain things that they see. because they drafted him. This is what they do. Yes. They draft guys and they fall in love with them and they try to convince us that they're worth something. And they haven't done. They haven't proven that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh. If I had to think about their current situation from a financial standpoint, they may draft a guy at that position. Yeah. And then and then make and then have guys compete. I think that number three receiver spot is going to be a low priority for them. Uh, if I had to guess. And I could definitely see them drafting a wide receiver. 
and then whoever they have on their, on their practice squads right now, whoever they have currently on payroll, they're going to make them compete. And whoever stands off on the bunch will get that number three spot. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> all right. Last thing I'm going to say on this. I know I'm a broken record. George Toma, the sod father, who was, who was, you know, done oh, right. every, he did every, every Super Bowl up until this year. Uh, on last year's Super Bowl, he was asked if he was going to be in Vegas for this Super Bowl. Uh, and he says, no, uh, he will not. He says that last year's Super Bowl featured the worst game field I've ever seen. Because you know what happened? And again, I know I'm borderline obsessed with this. But so he he set it up the way that it should have been you know, done and turned it over to the NFL people. And they screwed it up that last week. They they didn't have the proper amount of um, of sod. Uh, they didn't have the proper amount of sand to go commiserate with the amount of water that they were putting on the thing, and that's why it was like a skating gallery. So he's so pissed off at the way last year went that he's not even going to have anything to do with this year's Super Bowl for the first time ever. He's been at every Super Bowl. He did the field for every Super Bowl, fifty-seven Super Bowls he did, and he's out. <laughs> the sod father. Hey, look, yeah. man, that could. That's his money you playing with. That's his, you know, that's his reputation you're playing with. His rep. That's exactly right. His rep. Yep. And I can't blame him. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's uh let's hit it. Uh and let's come back, Tone, and we'll we'll kind of circle back to some of the things that are going on uh with the Sixers here. And we'll continue to talk Eagles as well. I've got some good stuff in the NFL segment too. I, I can't wait, can't wait to bounce off of people. Uh <laughs> two in particular with two curmudgeons who are probably going to be in the media this year. And I, I want to see what everybody thinks, how they, how they're going to be. So we'll get into all that kind of stuff. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis with you on this Thursday. All right, let's talk about Jim Murray and principal financial group, because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a scary proposition. And I'm right there in the front of the line, but I can tell you from personal experience that Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group are the people that you should trust because I do, and they've done an amazing job for me. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, and that's that's another resource that Jim can help you with, getting your employee benefits off the ground. But if you're just not sure about something, if if, if you're, you're already involved in something, I might want to hop off of this, or I'm looking at this, this looks like a good way to go. Jim's a great sounding board for you. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. I know I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hanging with you on this Thursday. We are Sports Take. If you could hit the like, we would appreciate that. Right, let, let me let, let's let's look at this tone real quick. I, I just want to stay on the Eagles theme for a minute here. I know the other day we looked at the NFC East and kind of ranked where the Eagles. I believe you had the Cowboys and then the Eagles. Is that right? I don't want to mis- misrepresent what you said. Is that as what, far as what? Because we talked about you know who was your who was your coaches, overall quarterbacks. Yeah, who, who was your overall number? If you, if you said right now who would win the division next next season, who would you who would you go with? Just as of right now, I know we got a long way to go on this. As of as of right now, when I look, you know, you know, when I look at each team based off of their issues and what they have to figure out, the Eagles have more questions than the Cowboys. Okay. So by default, I think the Cowboys are in a better position to win the division than the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Okay. Uh, I would I would still go Eagles, um, but some of that is based on projection of of mine because I think Hertz will get it together. And I think ultimately a, a together Hurts is better remember, than Dak Prescott. Remember, okay. their problems go far beyond him, though. I know. I know. So, yeah, there's a lot of other things that have to happen for sure. And um, It's also kind of based a little bit on Howie's track record of bounce backs. So I, I admittedly, I'm I'm projecting here. Um, but if you, if you look at the NFC, just, just take the NFC overall. I mean, I think the first two are pretty obvious. Correct me if you disagree. Um, we go 49ers. We go Lions. Who falls? Who's third then? Like, are you ready to give Green Bay that leap? Are you? Would you go Rams? Where would you, the the three to me in the NFC is interesting? San Fran, Detroit. Then I struggle with this. I, I do too. But again, if I'm being fair and unbiased, I can't put the Philadelphia Eagles at three. I can't. They have no defense. Um, they have new coaches. 
there's so many unknowns surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles outside of Jalen Hurts. And then even then, we're still banking on him bouncing back. Um, although I am I, I have faith in the track record, it's still an unknown. Yeah. Um Green Bay is gonna come up. Jordan Love showed you what he could do, he, knocking off the Cowboys the way he did. That's a struggle for me, man. But I know what the Eagles Green Bay. I, I tell you that. Look, I, I say this. I know it ain't the Eagles. So whatever. So whoever you do put there, I I, I won't argue with you. I, I think it may be Green Bay. Now, I, I, they may have just gotten hot at the right time or whatever, but I see a good young team. I see like receivers now hitting their third year. Mm -hmm. uh, Watson and, and Dubs and those guys. I see now Jordan Love's got a, a season as the starter under his belt. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and some players on defense. So <clears throat> I, I, I think I go Green Bay right now. And, and then I think it's a toss-up with the Eagles and the Cowboys. It's pretty close. Yeah, I can't you argue could with throw that. the Rams in there. I don't love the South. I know Tampa won the South. I don't. Yeah, I know they I'm beat not. the Eagles. I don't love Tampa. And they might lose Mike Evans, too, which could be enormous. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I won't I, I won't argue with that at all. Um, I think I think I'm pretty much in line with that. Yeah, so it, it is that's the thing. I mean, so much of this rides on quarterback play for the Eagles, and you know, obviously, as we've talked about, just getting yourself to a level where you're a solid defense. Not you're not gonna be I don't think you're gonna be special. Yeah, so just let's be talk respectable. Yeah, so what is what what does that you know, incur. I, I think it means you get back to being a top 10 to eight pass rushing team. Uh, you get back, you're a team that is middle of the pack in third down, getting off the field and create some more turnovers. If you can do all of those things, I think your offense can do enough to get you where you want to be. Yeah, if there's any group on the defense that I feel most optimistic about, it's the uh, the D line, right? Um, you got some promising, you, you got some promising young talent on it. You know, we can you know dig deep into Jordan Davis another time, but overall, when you think about the D line, um, overall, it's the most promising group on on the defensive side. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, when I think about it from that perspective, if you can't stop anybody, what good are you? Right. You know, if, if you can't stop anybody, what good are you? And my 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 bare minimum expectation is can you can you become a middle of the pack defense? Can you just get respectable, right? Can you become opportunity? Can you can you just get become opportunistic? You know what I mean? Uh they were so bad last year. They were so ill coached. And on top of that, the talent was clearly not there. Guys fell off a cliff that we didn't expect, like Bradbury. Um Injuries at the slot position with Avante Maddox, he never he didn't really make an impact when even when he came back. Uh Darius Slay, streaky, okay. You almost I I hate that you're you just feel like you're riding that out, don't you? I, I mean you, you just you don't this, he's okay. Uh, he's not he's not Bradbury, but it's not Yeah, yeah. And again, remember how you know you know how we talk about Zach Cunningham, right? You know, he was a chair in a room full of dumpsters. You know, so <laughs> it's it's like with Bradbury, okay, yeah, he was all right, but how all right was he? You know, was he, you know, was he uh, uh, a point five carat diamond in a room full of Cuba zirconias? Like, well, like, what was he? <laughs> you know, like, it's it's all about it's all about perspective. And uh -huh. look, he was he was all right. He, I think he made the Pro Bowl this year, right? Yeah, he did. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> does, mean, that, does that cue you to acknowledge? We all know it's by default. We all know like three dudes were like, I'm good or I'm hurt or I'm playing in the Super Bowl. Or, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't hurt me a little. I have a, I feel a little something in the side. You know, look, the Pro Bowl helps his paycheck, but it, not in my opinion, it doesn't help his standing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, look, they, they, they got real issues on that side of the ball, man. That's why that that's why I, I I look at this team and I say, um, we're a little we're a little further away than I think people realize because they have so many things to take care of on defense. Um, I don't think this is a single offense uh, a single offseason fix. I don't think so. I don't either. No, I don't either. I, and I think Eagles fans are 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 smart are realistic and smart enough to to know that you're. I think the expectation is right. I think the expectation of the Eagle fan, and correct me if I'm wrong, and if you guys feel different in the chat, please let me know. Yeah, please let us know. I'm, I, I I care about your opinion. So I think that the Eagles fans are looking at it like zero excuses for the offense. You better be really good next year. Correct. I agree with that. And I think most Eagles fans look at the defense and say, hey, the defensive line needs to show up, but the rest of it, I just need to see improvements here. And you know whatever that ends up being, it ends up being. But I think that's kind of where they go into they go into this. I don't. I really don't believe anybody's kidding themselves with the, with that. This defense is all of a sudden going to be like stellar. Uh, you, you'll be surprised. <laughs> you will. Man, be surprised. if you are, you are in for some disappointment, man. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Look, it starts with personnel. You got to get some better personnel on the field. Um, you got to find out what Nolan Smith is. You got to get more out of Jordan Davis. Um. You got you, you, you got to you got to improve your depth at that uh you know on you know on the D line in general. Jalen Carter has to take that next step. He did hit the rookie wall, the rookie wall, which is a real thing, and I'm not faulting him for that. Most rookies hit it. It's 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 not a random thing. It's a very real thing. Um, so I'm I'm looking at him to having a um a, a huge sophomore campaign, but then when you go beyond that, who, what's the linebacker position? I see uncertainty. Uh, the DBs, I see uncertainty. Now, do we have some guys that we're optimistic about? Sure. You know, you and I are optimistic about Killy Ringo. You know, you know, you and I are optimistic about Sidney Brown, right? Um, what? How, well, what, let, what, let's do what, this. Your, let's let's rank. Yeah, go, yeah, let's do it. Let's rank young player faith level, okay? And faith I'll, level, I'll, okay? Yeah, I'm not going to go through every single young guy on the roster, but guys who we think could play prominent roles next year, okay? Okay. All right. Um, I would go, my order would be in, in terms of faith, Jalen Carter's number one, number two. Oh boy. Because here's the candidates, Jordan Davis, Nolan Smith, Nicobe Dean, Keely Ringo, Eli Ricks. I would put Sidney Brown number two, if he wasn't coming off a torn ACL. Right, right, right. But I have to sort of put him aside. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. Keely Ringo number two. Um, I think you and I are lockstep in that because right. of Sidney Brown's injury. He, he would have been number two. Yeah, but then, then and Keely Ringo probably would have been three. And then, shoot, but but, but here's the problem. That's that's very damning for uh, Davis and, and and Nolan Smith, both first and round picks, and Kobe Dean, who was a third rounder. That is a that is damning that we went those routes before we got back to those guys with the other with the other players i try to i try to tread lightly with nolan because i didn't like how they tried to get him involved last year i didn't like it not one i didn't like it not one bit um 
You feel he 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 fell into that that abyss of all the issues they were having on that side of the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. It to me, it just seemed like they were just trying to throw things at a wall, hoping it'll stick. And he just he just looked ill. He looked ill prepared at being yeah. out there. That's if I'm being honest, he he looked ill prepared. So as as much as as easy it's easy for me to say, yeah, you're a first round pick, you got to make impact. He was a borderline first round pick. He could have easily went in that second round. But yes. but 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 nonetheless, though, he was a first round pick, and he's getting first round pick money. He has to produce, and if the Eagles would have got anything from him that was remotely positive, I think that would give them more leverage in the Hassan Reddick talks. But that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Nolan Smith is a guy that you know we 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 see the athleticism, we we see the speed. You know, um, his injury history is a little murky. That shoulder is a little scary, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment on Nolan personally because i didn't like how the philadelphia eagles handled his development in year one if they even cared about his development in year one so i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to be i'm going to stand by i'm, I'm going to stand by with nolan i'm going to stand and, by and i just think generally we are and i me too we're, we're too quick to judge after one football season i mean th- this guy was a rookie you know get, let's see what it looks like next year there's a lot to learn mm-hmm. you know I that's why the Jordan Davis thing bothered me because he was in his second year uh, and he's still mm-hmm. super young too. But and it should, but but it should bother you though. You were yeah. a top fifteen pick. Um, we I, I, out of out of thirty four games that you could have been available for. Uh, let me make sure I got this right here because um, Jordan Davis is a guy that I like personally, but as a football player, he has to be he has to be better. He has to produce has he has to produce more and also stay healthy. Um, he managed to stay healthy all year this year. Um, but then he only gave us really a strong eight games. So just looking at looking at the statistics here, um, out of 34 possible games he could have been available for, for so far through his two-year career, um, he's uh, he's played in 30. Mm-hmm. So, okay, not bad. Um, started He started uh, 16 games in 2023. Uh, his snap counts essentially doubled. He gave you two and a half sacks, 45 tackles, one forced fumble, but he fell off the deep end after that Buffalo game. He was he was nowhere to be found. And at the end of the season, he knew that he was a disappointment on the back end. He was mm-hmm. he was drafted 13th overall. He has to live up to that expectation. And when you look at a guy like that and you say, wow, only thing in your way is conditioning, that's that's insulting. <laughs> insulting. I that's a great way to put it. <laughs> you don't think so? No, I, I yeah, I do. I just it's an interesting way to yeah. I, I like the way you put it. I like your I like your phrasing. Of, yeah, good, good turn of phrase there. Um, yeah, and I think the others like whatever. If you get quality performances out of Eli Rick, Ricks or Josh Job or some of those guys, great. That's gravy to me. I'm not expecting anything. You know, if it happens, great. Um, but, but I, I don't. But the Eagles do got to start thinking about the future beyond Slay and Bradbury. They have to like this. They have to start considering that. I, know, think I know first round. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally with that. And because they have so many things to take care of on that side of the ball, they're going to try to limit the damage and try to limit the workload. So it's entirely plausible we see a Bradbury restructuring his back. It's entirely plausible. Like sure. we 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 have to mentally and emotionally prepare ourselves for that Philadelphia that Bradbury may come back on a restructured contract. 
I'm just saying. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know either way if it's going to happen or not. But I think we need to prepare ourselves for anything at this point because we're all we're all in this together, Eagles fans. We're all on the same side here. We got to prepare ourselves for this thing not to go our way when it comes to James Bradbury. Do you think he starts? If you restructure the money, that can give them less incentive to start him. Yes. That's implying they I think they will restructure. Um he's gonna have, I'll put it to you this way, right? If they restructure, he has an opportunity to start, but also don't be surprised if he's on cut alert. Yeah. Especially if the restructure goes well. I hear you. I hear you. And and, and look, brother Hannibal's not wrong. Uh Ringo Isaiah Rogers. I forgot about Isaiah Rogers. Thank you, brother Hannibal. I completely forgot about yeah, Isaiah Rogers. Intriguing. Isn't that the guy they got from the Colts? Um, he was, yeah, he was. He had a gambling suspension this year. Um, you know, he's also a guy who can return kicks. Uh, th- look, there's talent there. Uh, the big question is in that sport, it is tough to miss a season and come back. It is, and how do you come back? But there's definitely a lot of the intrigue there with him, and he's a guy who isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg too. So maybe, maybe that is your you know, your kind of move, your pivot is into those two guys possibly. Um, what, let me ask you this. What do you think is the first move Howie makes? <clears throat> if you had to guess, what's the very first move he makes? It can be free agency. It can be um, a contract restructure. It could be anything. What do you think is the first move he makes? Um, I think the first move, it's not the most pressing need in my opinion, <clears throat> but I think the first move that he makes is he gets a, he gets a, a quality third receiver. Hmm. I know that sounds weird, but that feels like a Howie move. <clears throat> I think mm. that he's going to go out there and get a linebacker that we're first going to say, not necessarily who, but okay, I know the name. I better look it up. And then you're going to see, I oh, have pretty good numbers wherever he was. And they'll, do, they'll go about the linebacker thing that way rather than through the draft. I think the, to your point, right? I think the first move he makes, and I just, this just popped in my head. And I, who knows? <laughs> I, I'm just rolling with it. I think the first move he makes, he resigns. He resigns that Cunningham to a one-year deal. Uh, the way that he went out of his way to to mention him and single him out, I wouldn't put it past him. I think that's the first move. <laughs> and so then, then we're set up for Zach Cunningham and Kobe Dean as your two starting linebackers. Uh, that that could happen, and then they'll draft a guy in like the fourth or fifth round. Yep. So now you got two linebackers who don't have um don't cost you much. N- n- not just don't yeah, they're not gonna cost you much, but also let's 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 be honest about this part too. You got two linebackers out there who have a lengthy injury history. Yes. So what happens? So 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 what so what are you doing with depth? You know, as far as depth. You don't have yeah, any you, right now. Yeah, you, you got Ben Van Ben Van Sumeran, but what is he really? I mean, he's learning. I'm not saying he can't be something. They they like him a lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what his future holds, but he's a young guy, and I can't bank on a, a young guy like that. A, a guy like that. I don't. I, I don't know nothing about him. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. No. You're Maybe right. you know he, he's a good special teamer. I say that. Yeah. I say that for a fact. But, um, the linebacker position they need more stability there. You know, he can. Harry Roseman can camp for Nicobe Dean and. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, 
Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Zach Cunningham, all he wants. But if they're not on the field, what good? What? What? what, what what's the point? Yep, I got you. Uh, all right, I, I and to answer your question, Coach Marcus, I think they have him penciled in as a starter next year, Nicobe Dean. I do. I don't like it, but I think they do. Yeah, I don't like it either. But I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to get that young man on the field as a starter. That, and to, to be quite frank about it, you guys, and we're going to keep it real here. This is what we do. He didn't earn it. Nope. They gave it to him. Yeah. Yep. And he didn't play well when he was on the field. Granted, it was a very short. It's thin, uh, but you know, and he's plumb coming off a big foot, uh, bad foot too. You know, foot surgery. It's not. That's a very real thing. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get a timeout. We'll do a combo tone when we come back. We'll reiterate what's going on with the Sixers. As uh, man, there's only what two and a half hours left in the trade deadline. What they've already done. If there's more coming, uh, what some of the moves make mean. Uh, so storylines for the Phillies. And then we'll get into our NFL segment and a bunch of other things to do uh, before we get out of here. So don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis on this Friday Eve, uh, Thursday. All right, let's talk about proaction restoration. If you have a home, a business, uh, a property, and you've gone through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you know how challenging that can be. You're not really sure who to turn to. Well, I got the people to turn to. It's proaction restoration. And they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. We, look, we know that these things don't happen uh, between the hours of nine and five all the time. Not always convenient. Um, but the beauty is when it comes to this kind of thing, that they are the people to turn to. Trust me when I tell you that because I've gone through it twice. And the most recent time I had water damage in my house and they came out and they fixed the problem. They fixed the wall. They fixed the ceiling. They took care of the carpet. All one stop shopping. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured, serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Proaction restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. 
Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. It is. We might get up to 60 uh, in the Philadelphia area on uh, on Friday or Saturday. How about that? Wow, man. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a blessing for you guys, I'm sure. Um, I am not complaining, my friend. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think right now for us here. You know, I'm still I'm still getting used to this Texas weather, man. It's a little. Well, what is it? What is it in your area now? Like what? So uh, I think the high for today is going to be like 70, um, okay. which is not bad. Which is not bad at all. Um. But it's going to be cloudy. It's going to be kind of, you know, muggy a little bit. We're going to have some rain on Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be real cloudy for the next few days. But we're going to be hanging around the 70s and the 60s, um, high 60s, low 70s for the most part in the next few days. So, um, yeah, man. Well, what, what about Philly? Well, what do you guys got coming for you in the next few days? All right. So uh, it's looking like – so today is get, going to get in the 50s. 53 today. 55 tomorrow. 54 Saturday uh, could potentially be higher than that, but then we might get snow on Tuesday. So who knows? What? Damn. Mixed bag, my friend. We're not, you know, the thing is you never out of it. Like even, even March, you, you never know what could happen in March. You know, Philly is such a weird, you know, is it me or did the Philadelphia weather get strange over the past five years or so? It's like, it's gotten so inconsistent. Well, it's definitely, um, look, when I was a kid, we got way more snow. Way more, way more. Same, same here. Same here. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely gotten less uh, extreme. I, I think it's definitely warmer. Yeah, for sure. I, I would say no doubt, no doubt about it. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. So a bunch of different things to hit here. So let's reiterate what happened uh, prior to the show. So the Sixers made a trade and they got Buddy healed. Uh, they gave away from from Indiana. They gave away uh, Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and three number twos. Okay, so that's what they gave up to get him. They also moved Daniel House in part of a three-team deal. He ends up going to the Pistons, which frees up about four, four million in change for you to be able to sign 
a player who ends up getting waived, basically. And there's a lot of speculation that it's Kyle Lowry. So you're bringing in two older players, Lowry older than Heald, but both two older players. One provides a service that you desperately need shooting, and the other can bring leadership, maybe get Maxi off the ball to give him a bit of a break, or you could utilize him as a backup. The, these moves are made to sort of keep them afloat until Embiid comes back, and then you then, then you try and run it back. At that point, you also hope that Melton is healed, uh, you know, Batum's ready to go, some of the other players that you've been missing here. Mm-hmm. You know they're 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 eh they're eh kind of moves they're they're needed because Tony I don't know if you watched it last night uh, the Warriors game they were hanging with them for the first yeah I was I was in the gym watching it and uh, you know they were hanging and then I looked back and all of a sudden the thing got out of hand quick (laughs) yeah got out of hand really fast and it didn't help that Maxi. prior to the game was questionable up until the last minute with an illness. Mm -hmm. So he ends up playing, but he wasn't himself. Um, And, you know, you could just see he didn't have it. He, he's also really struggling in a big way, you know, without a beat, you know, let's face it. And I I don't necessarily, he's still learning how to, you know, it's funny. Like a lot of people, you you said it earlier before the show started, a lot of people have given him a lot of heat. And my thing is, you know, it's, it takes more than just talent to be the number one. You got to know how to operate. Yep. You know you got you know you got to know how to lead. You got to know how to pick your spot. Like it's it's so much more to going you know so much more that goes into being a number one. And that's why I kept asking guys that we had on a, you know that we had on a show how much pressure is on Tyrese Maxey right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know those guys pretty much universally said you know it, sh- it shouldn't be but so much pressure. I mean he's good. like it's you know this is this is new territory for him. You know what I mean? Um, but overall, I actually want to ask you a question though as an aside. Yeah. You know, but you know, with you know the Philadelphia 76ers having so much cap flexibility going into this upcoming offseason, and uh they're uh you know they're obviously going to give Maxi the um you know the ma- they're gonna give Maxi the max <laughs> and uh Joel B is gonna be here for the foreseeable for the foreseeable future. Who on who who of the free agents um would you be willing to bring back at a obviously a deal that makes sense for the Sixers, but who out of the current free agents um, would you would you entertain bringing back for the right price? Um, so let me just run through them real quick for you. Tobias Harris, Buddy Heald, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, D'Anthony Melton, Patrick Beverly, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., Kenyon Martin Jr. And then they got these other young guys, Rickard, R- Ricky Council IV and Kenny Lofton Jr. They're restricted, but you know what I mean. So yeah. those guys I mentioned, um, would you entertain bringing back for the right price? I know Batum's 35, um, but I would entertain bringing him back at the right price. I, I just love what he does. He does a lot of things well uh, for you. He's he's unselfish. He can rebound. He can pass. He can shoot it from three. I, I know he's not a long-term guy, but not everybody can be 22, 23 years old. So I would consider bringing him back. I really like the, the again, old, but nonetheless, I like Patrick Beverly. I like the toughness he brings. You're, you're paying him $2 million this year. You're not going to have to pay him more than that next year right. you won't maybe slight bump but not not nothing major i would look at those two guys uh if melton's back is right and the price is right he's making eight this year i don't know that he gets a ton more than that i would think about him um i'm probably done i'm probably done with Ubre. uh jaden hmm. springer would come back too he's already under contract right um, right Covington's gone. 
Mo Bamba, that he can go. Um, I put B-ball Paul. I'd bring back. That might be it. Mm. I, I might clear the deck, man. Beyond that, you how about you? Uh, I definitely want to bring back Patrick Beverly if I if, if I can do that. I like I like Patrick Beverly. Um, I've I've always I've always liked Patrick Beverly. He always got a bad rep throughout the league, and I mean, understandably so. But I like his toughness. I like his personality. Um, I like what he did. I like I like that he's invested in the legacy of his young stars. You know, of his young guys. Um, I like the way he carries himself. Um, so I like Patrick Beverly. I would like to bring him back. Um, we don't know what Buddy Hill is going to bring yet. We have no idea. Um, if he's productive, I wouldn't mind bringing him back. And see, Kelly Oubre is a wild card. I don't know. He's like, it's like he's streaky, and I don't know. He he doesn't really play good defense. He's very limited. Like he can he, score, and when he gets hot, he can really help you on the offensive end. Like if he's an instant jolt off the bench, it's fine. He doesn't pass the ball. He's not a particularly good defender. He doesn't really rebound at a, at a super high level for a guy with his yeah. size. Um, yeah. It's I mean, like if you could find if you were able to marry Nicholas Batum's intangibles with Kelly Oubre's scoring, that'd be a pretty good rotation. That would guy. be nice. Yeah, and, and, and um, give give it give it Oubre's age rather than Batum's. And clearly, you place a higher premium on Nicholas Batum's skill set than Kelly Oubre's. I do. I do. Um, you, you know, the thing is, the good thing is, Ubre is only making two million this year. That's that's the yeah. league minimum for a veteran who's been around as long as he has. So he's not, it's not killing you. Yeah. I, What's your thoughts on D'Anthony Melton? I like him. I'm just. This has been a long time he's been out now with this back, and you know, backs are tricky, man. Once they start going, it gets a little little strange. But if I'm if I'm sure yeah. and he plays a ton at the end of the season and doesn't have any recurring issues. I would bring him back because he defends. He, he defends shoot very a little well. bit from three. Uh, he's he's not a guy. Yeah, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. So I, I would bring him back. Yeah, you know, um, he's twenty five, going on twenty six. You know, like you said, when that back starts messing with you, it's it can get a little tricky. But yeah, I think those are my guys. I would bring back. I would bring back Patrick Beverly. Uh, I would bring back Buddy Hield, dependent on if he produces for the Sixers. Um, I would bring. I would bring back Patoon. I would, but again, I have no idea what he's going to look like a year from now. But still, I would, you know, you, you need those lofty veterans. You need those guys in the, in, in the building that's going to do all the dirty work. And I think Nicholas Platoon is willing to do that, and he can shoot, like you said. Yeah, uh, I like D'Anthony Mellon as well. So, All right, let's jump on. Uh, before we go to the Phillies, uh, another trade. Uh, Dennis Schroeder uh, has been traded to the Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie. So he goes from the Raptors to the Nets. Uh, Dinwiddie. And Schroeder exchanging team Schroeder from Toronto to Brooklyn, Dinwiddie from Brooklyn to Toronto. Toronto's Man, been t- very active today. Yeah, they have. Uh, as far as Dennis Schroeder goes, talk about a job. Talk about fumbling the bag. Uh, oh. who, who 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 was it? Was it Boston that offered him that money, or was it, it was uh, one of the all timers? I forget who it was, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was was it L.A. I think it was L.A. It might have been L.A. It was he one of the opportunity to, to almost they offered, they, they, offered, they offered him a lot of money. Yeah. And he said, nah, I'm better myself. Yeah. And man, oh man. <laughs> yeah. We we only remember usually when the, it ends up well when you bet on yourself. Sometimes it doesn't always, you know, keep exactly. it real went wrong yeah. there. Yeah. yeah right. Sure. And that was a major fumbling of the bag. Yeah. Yeah. It was. All right. Uh all right, Phillies. Little little fun fact for you here, Tom. So they loaded up the truck 
which they do each and every year. And they, they, they drove out of Citizens Bank Park at 6 a.m. today to Clearwater, Florida. That's and hike. it's 1,058 miles. That's a ride. That's a ride. All right. So here are some, some numbers for you. 10,000 cups, 2,400 baseballs, 1,200 bats, 2,000 short slash long sleeve shirts, 900 socks, 600 pants, 350 just shorts, 300 batting gloves, 140 batting helmets are part of what, and one hot dog shooter for the Fanatic. They need to drop some of that stuff off at some of these local high schools, man. Yeah. <laughs> they got a lot of stuff going on in that truck. That's hey, listen, a lot. Man, that sounds like a that sounds like a lick waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh so they're on their they're on their way, their merry way. Uh let's see. They've been driving with that say they left at six, so they're coming up on seven hours. They got a long, long way to go. Mm. Um, all right, some storylines for the Phillies. Pretty quiet offseason, other than the re-signing of Aaron Nola. You disappointed? Like to me, I am okay. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them get a right-hander in that outfield mix. They didn't. That doesn't mean they can't do it. But it's a pretty darn good team. And I'm going to bank on Trey Turner showing up for the whole season, having mm-hmm. Harper the whole season, improving the defense with those Schwarber in the outfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel good about this Phillies team. I know a lot of Phillies fans are bummed. I feel a lot better than they do. Where, where do you where do you fall on this? You know, I'll admit I was disappointed with the way the way things ended with the Phillies the past couple of years, and I've always, especially the way that they came out of both both years, they were kind of behind the eight ball, and all of a sudden they just caught fire out of nowhere, and then they just start. I'm start, I'm starting to think that's like that's their motive, that's their motive action, that's just their trend. You know, they're going to kind of you know lollygag the first half of the season, all of a sudden catch fire. Um, they're they're pretty much guaranteed to beat the Braves every year in the playoffs, so we so we can write that off. But um, all jokes aside, though, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about this team. Um, I'm just curious to see, you know, what the pitch is going to look like down the stretch. Um, I know I know they brought Nola back, and uh, that's more good than bad. But he's he, I, I still have my I still have my concerns about him. You know when you know when the money's on the line. I don't know. What about you? Uh, yeah, play come playoff time. He, he didn't have a great regular season last year and usually he's a bounce back guy. He's an up and, you know, good, good one season, bad the next. So, um, I, I expect him to bounce back, uh, this upcoming year. I do. And also Cassianos, he, he has to find a way to be more consistent as well. Um, that during that playoff run, he was hot and then all of a sudden he disappeared. Yeah. Big time. So, um, they need more consistency out of him. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, feast or famine, feast or famine, man. Um, it is, and, and it also, is, it is. The, yeah. the feasts are nice, but you're right. The famines are long. Now they've done a little bit um, with, with with letting Hoskins walk. You've gotten rid mm-hmm. of some of the feast or famine that they had in, in right. trying to get more consistency. I think the I think the defense is going to be a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. If you're if you're talking about Rojas in center, some kind of Marsh Pache in left. Harper's at first, which is an upgrade from Hoskins. Uh, you know, Turner, Bohm, much improved. Real Muto, Stott, who I thought played at a gold glove level last year. You, you're going to be better, way better defensively than you have. Yeah, been. yeah. 
And, and, you know, like you said, those young guys, Marsh, I, I expect those guys to step their weight up. I really yes. do. They're, they're, they're going to – like, it's, there was a point in the season where they were kind of carrying for a while. Yeah. You know, you know when you know when the OGs, you know, when the big money guys kind of were cold a little bit, they were carrying. Yep. So I expect those guys, you know, to you know to take their game to another level. Um, like you know, like our guy said, um, Scott Lauber, you know, the, the Philadelphia Phillies, they have one of the better rosters, you know, in the MLB. You know, you can you know you can't have all stars at every position. You can't have you know, you, know, you can't have great pitchers at every position. But the bottom line is, you know, their their roster is good enough for you to win big, win a World Series. It should yeah. be. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I think that's big. I, I'll say the other thing, a couple other things, uh, you know, regarding this, where I do have a little bit of question is who's closing. Um, not sure right now who it's going to be. It's, it, it, it's could be a by committee thing. Somebody could step up and grab the role. Uh, that's yeah. certainly a possibility. I, I would say ideally it would be Alvarado for me. If I could, if I could choose, if I had my druthers with who's here right now. Um, but Keep your eye on Kirkering, who was a very young guy. Hoffman, you know, who kind of was an upstart last year a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if I trust Sir Anthony uh, or Soto right now, but they're the guys to watch for. And the back end of the rotation, I just worry about Taiwan Walker. I just don't know the Taiwan Walker yeah. and and Christopher Sanchez are those guys. But if they are, then yeah, I mean, I think the front end's good. I really like Wheeler, Nola, and Ranger Suarez. I like the front end of this thing. Yeah, I definitely lean on your expertise and your perspective on this thing. Baseball is not my first love. So Yeah, yeah uh, no, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I definitely I definitely lean on your perspective. So um, you know, if you notice, I ask you a lot of questions off, off offline about the Phillies a lot. Or sure. just or just no, baseball you're in very general. uh uh inquisitive and wanting to learn, and I appreciate that. Yeah, because like uh, you know, look, I'm not gonna sit here in front like I know everything about baseball. I don't. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I enjoy it when I watch it. Um I love playoff baseball, the atmosphere is always electric. But I definitely like to lean on um, people who I know watch the game, you know, from a, you know, from a solid perspective, from a strong foundation. You're one of those guys I lean on. So, right, you know, you. yeah, well, you know, whatever you say goes. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, and no, it's not like that. But I mean, I, I just yeah. I, I'm excited that baseball started. I, I'll tell you the, the, the other thing, and we're going to get into football in a minute. I thought about this yesterday after we, we were finishing up and I was thinking about some things we we're going to do today. You got one football game left, man. That's a hard one. Like, let me ask you, of, of all the – whatever sports you're into, mm -hmm. what's the hardest one for you when it ends, when it's the last game of that season? Is, is it is – it, for me, it's football. It's football. Yeah. It's football. Um, especially even – it's even harder when your team uh, doesn't make it to the bitter end, right? Oh, that's that's even that's even that's even, that's even harder pill to swallow. So it's definitely football for me. This season seemed like it just it, it came and went, like it always does. You know, you're you know when you're so entrenched in it on a week to week to week to week basis, like we are. You know, all the all the some sometimes it could all blend together for you. So I'm I'm definitely um, on the sadder side about the uh, football season coming to an end, but I also I'm looking forward to. Um, the peace of mind, <laughs> the peace of mind that the Philadelphia Eagles did not provide me in 2023. Well, I, I am excited to see what direction they go in the draft, free agency, and all that part too. That so part. I am excited for that, but I am bummed that the football is coming to an end. And yeah. I, I really hope, this, I hope I'm it's a competitive game. Yes, very, so very much so. I hope so as well. One thing I am looking forward to, though, I'm looking forward to some spring football. 
I want to see what this new was it the UFL. Yeah. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to seeing how this new venture between the XFL and the USFL uh, looks. Um, I'm I'm excited to pick a team to, to you know to root for. Um, you know, the Rock. You know, he's a busy guy, man. But typically, whatever he touches turns to gold. Mm-hmm. So I really think I really think you know spring football is going to be entertaining this year. What do you think? I'll get my guy uh, Anthony Becht on. He is the head coach of the St. Louis BattleHawks. All right. Okay, let, let's be, do that. That'll be our team. We'll, we'll root for the because they have the coolest name. Battlehawks is cool. Battlehawks. Yes, and, that is uh, hard. That's hard. Yeah, we'll get him on. We'll, we we will get him on. Uh, there's no question about that. But I'm 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 bummed out that the season's coming to an end. I'm excited to see what they end up doing because I do think they have a lot of work to do, and this is where we're going to really find a lot out uh, about Howie because this is a huge Howie off season. He's absolutely, 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 and well, you know. Yeah, it's, it's just I know he has a track record of screwing up and then cleaning up, screwing up and cleaning up. And this year was clearly a screw up. So by proxy, he should clean up next. Um, I'm, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous. I'm very nervous about his decision making. I'm nervous about this whole control, you know, narrative that's going on throughout this offseason. Uh, we've got these new coordinators. We have no idea. Uh, the type of impact they're going to have. Will Vic Fangio have a fair shot at this thing with the personnel he has or the personnel they provide? Um, can Kellen Moore bring the best out of Jalen Hurts? That's all things that are relative unknowns. Um, Kellen Moore hasn't worked with a guy like Jalen Hurts before. Can he find? Can he bend or mold the game plan around his skill set? Can he expand? You know, on his skill set, it all remains to be seen. Uh, it's so many unknowns around this Philadelphia Eagles team. I, I, I know, it's, I know, I sound like a broken record when I say it, but it's it's, it's the God honest truth. Well, I think you hit on something really critical. It's not only about how he getting uh, the draft right, free agency right. They better have gotten their, the assistant coaches right because you can't keep going through this cycle. No. How many times are you going to? And and again, this is why, in my mind, if you were going to go this route with the coaching staff, you should have just fired Nick Sirianni. You should have just fired him. You yeah. offed everybody. Except for Jeff Stoutland, basically. Yep. You off everybody. And you bring in a whole new slew of guys, and your head coach is still here. That doesn't signify as a sign of faith to me in your head coach. You, there, there's clearly been um, a separation of powers from Nick Sirianni. Clearly. Yep. yep. Yeah, I, I I think so, too. And I think- so if you're going to go all in like this, just go, go ahead first. Don't be one foot in, one foot out. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. I just last thing, just put a bow on this thing. Mm-hmm. And this, this goes back to what you were saying earlier. When you're in the middle of it, yeah, it is. It, everything kind of becomes blurry. This year, to me, it almost breaks down as th- this past Eagle season as two seasons. Yeah, I'm glad there's you said ten that. and that's, one, that's and then there's then there's six of seven. You know that you lost, and they're two distinctly different seasons. You know, one was wow, how are they doing this? This is amazing. Are they on the you know the Super Bowl road again? And the other one was, oh my God, what is going on here? Like, how is, is has it gotten this this bad? Yeah, we were. It was so funny. There was a point in the season where we were saying, "Wow, they're ten and one. Just wait till they figure it out." <laughs> Lo and behold, what we actually saw was the figured out version. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. exactly. Yeah, what we were hoping it wasn't, but it is. Yeah, right, right. What, what, what we what we thought was the appetizer. Actually, was the main course. Uh huh. Well said. Well said. Um, all right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back uh, and we will uh, continue the NFL talk. And 
We're gonna, I have some goofy props for you, prop bets for the last segment. We'll also celebrate uh, a six-year anniversary, but a lot of NFL news uh, when we come back, starting with some uh, former Eagles coaches. So we'll do all that when we return. Don't go anywhere. Tony DeShields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take. All right, let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, they're an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you could face. Um, and they are experts trimming all types of trees. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. And keep in mind, you know, we, we're, we're in a slow period right now, but things could hit pretty hard soon. Good time to get your trees evaluated. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. What's up, everybody? Hour number three of the program. That's Tone. I'm Rob. Uh, two hours left in the NBA trade deadline. If anything goes down between now and then uh, that we haven't already brought up, we will let you know whether it's the Sixers or another team making a move. Okay. Um, I want to start with this one, Tone. So Tom Brady said that he was surprised that Bill Belichick didn't get a head coaching job. Um, you know, he said, look, you look at the amount of teams out there that have never won one teams that haven't had a lot of success. I don't know. I'm paraphrasing, but you know, basically he thought somebody at least would take a chance on him. Now there has been some reports that, that Belichick potentially turned down the Falcons job. Um, that was Boomer Esiason who said that haven't heard that anywhere else, but haven't heard that he was in the mix for any other gigs either. Uh, I don't know. Surprise level for you. No. I mean, look, it's Bill Belichick. Uh, I think I, the reason we didn't see him have many job, I don't want to say offers. The reason we, because he can have his pick of litter, in my humble opinion. The reason we didn't see him go for many jobs, because I think he decided pretty early on that if there's any job that I want right now, it's the Atlanta job. And it didn't fall, you know, it, it fell through. And he decided, all right, next cycle. You know, I think it. I think it's that simple for him. You know, um, obviously these organizations care about PR and saving face, so they want to make it seem as though, hey, we, Bill Belichick, we decided not to, we decided not to go that route. And you know, narratives matter in the NFL, all that kind of stuff. Um, I just think it's one of those situations where Bill knew exactly what job he wanted. The uh, the conversations, you know, didn't go as expected. And he decided, uh, I'm going to sit on my nest egg. I'm going to sit on my 20 million a year and just take it easy until the job I want happens. And I think next year he'll probably um, um, be, be be a head coach somewhere. I think it's that simple for him. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I still think most people have written off uh, him coming back next year. I, I have not. I have not. Um, I think that, I think he'll go on TV, and this is actually we we could segue into this in a second, but mm-hmm. I think he's going to go on TV, show an actual personality where he's not just grunting into a microphone with a you know sleeveless hoodie <laughs> on or whatever. Yeah, I think he'll get he'll you're. I think we're all going to be like, where has this been for the last fifty years? But he's kind of funny. And there's, I also think there's a misconception about him that he's just like the get off my lawn type of guy. No, you talk to his players and they're like, get him away from the facility and he's he's gonna crack it's you a good up. Time. Do you yeah. remember that old video or photo where he showed up to a Halloween party as a pirate? You remember? Yes. That? His wife? <laughs> yes. He has a he has a personality. He's gotta get, you know, you know, listen, yeah. no one likes talking to reporters. No offense, John. I love you to death. <laughs> no one, no one likes talking to reporters, man. Well, the other thing I think is gonna happen, like he'll he's also gonna give you insight where you're like, damn. I, like, I didn't think of that or I didn't see yeah. that coming. And and yeah, he was right on that. And I'm telling you, man, it'll, it'll right now. What's what's I think holding him back is yes. Age, no doubt. But, but it's also, it ended kind of ugly in new England where they just looked like it was stale. I think uh, a little TV work would help. All right. So here's the question that I have off of that. His buddy, 
Nick Saban, who just retired from Alabama, uh, has taken has joined the college game day crew. Mm. Kirk Herbstreet, uh, Reese Davis, Desmond Howard, that crew. So who's out? Or are they just adding them on? I don't know. Pat McAfee's also on there. They they have a lot of bodies on that show. I, I they, mm-hmm. it's it's like a three hour show, so you can split it up. It's not like those guys just sit there the whole time. Yeah, that's true, and it's always a party with those guys. So it's like, you know, you're. I right. love that pack, show. Yeah, they do a good job, and and you know they probably sprinkle guys all around because you know it's really interactive. They have guys in the crowd. They have guys yeah. over here doing that. So I'm pretty sure they're going to find a way to fit him in. It's probably a no brainer for them. So uh, uh, here's the question I have with both of those guys. They're both curmudgeon-y, you know, off-my-lawn types. Um, do you think those guys will both be good on TV this upcoming season in whatever oh. form that takes? That's a good question. Uh, I feel like Saban would. I, 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 feel, I feel safer with Saban. Because I've seen him, I, I see him doing the commercials with Deion Safe. Sanders, you know, yeah. and you know, like maybe safe is the wrong word. I mean, I mean, no, I, mean I, I know I, what you I mean. mean no, I, I know wrong, you but mean. like, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's like I've seen Saban show that personality at times. You know what I mean? Right. The commercials and obviously that infamous video where he's like, "So quit asking," like you know, all that, all that kind of. You know, we, <laughs> yep. he he's not afraid to really air it out. Uh-huh. Uh, Bill, he holds it very close to the vest. He, no matter what happens. Uh, I think I think Saban is probably better poised um, to really showcase, uh, you know, his uh, his his personality. What do you think? I think both are going to be good. Yeah. I, I think what they're going to do with – I think they understand they have to have the right people around Saban. Saban right. really likes McAfee. He really likes Herb Street. I, I think they'll have him around the right people. And, and that atmosphere is going to be – it's a fun one where yeah. you're on a college campus. It's lighter. I, I, I what's going to be interesting to me is how Belichick is deployed. I think he's best yeah, in the studio. That's the I don't, I don't think he's going to be good on a game. I think you want him in a studio, but, but it's got to also be set up right where I think you can, you, you get him maybe Gronk's on the set with him if he's doing Fox or I, I don't know, whatever, but I, yeah. I think that's going to be important. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. The, the combination of personalities is going to be crucial. Yeah. Um, all right. So a couple other things, uh, Trent Williams, I, we tend to forget this. Man, he beat cancer, and he was talking about it yesterday, and I thought it was really good. He's like, man, I'm taking the time to look around at all this. Like, yeah, I'm focused on the game, but, you know, I I, I didn't wasn't sure I was going to be here, uh, and he didn't mean the game. He meant life. So he he's like, I have a very different perspective on getting here to this point. It's all worked out, thank God, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, but he said, this is pretty freaking cool, man. That I'm that I'm sitting here being a part of this thing. So I I, I thought it was cool, man. I love I love that kind of insight and that kind of perspective. There was a lot of gratefulness uh, in everything that he was saying. Absolutely, you know, like you said, perspective is everything. That dude could have lost his life. He was a, he was he, he, you beat can and it was it wasn't just any it was brain it was on his brain. You yeah. know what I mean? I just and- banged my elbow, man. <laughs> God. It was it was, it was it was one of those that you couldn't even hide. It was like oh oh dude, like and, and right now there's like a shock treatment going through my my far <laughs> forearm into my hands. Okay, no, nah, I hear you. No, you're good. But uh, yeah, uh, Trent Williams, man. Look, and the thing is, he's the best at his craft. He's the best. Yeah. And to to all you know, to be on the borderline of losing a guy like that, it's it's it's, it's crazy to even think about. But all you can do is keep it in perspective. All you can do is say, wow, man. You know, imagine if they win it. You know, so it's just oh. it's just one of those things that, you know, regardless of what happens, you got to give kudos to Trent Williams for 
having the wherewithal, having, you know, the support system, um, having the mindset and obviously having the resources to being able to battle back um, and, you know, just, you know, just get himself, you know, just get, just get himself right. And also put himself, get himself to an organization that, you know, that took care of him. Cause he had, he had a lot of, he, he didn't mince words when it came to Washington, how they handled um, his situation. Oh, that needed to end. Yeah. That was over. He that, didn't mince words at all. Yeah. And, and to, to be at his age and still playing at the level that he's playing at that position at a very difficult position. is What is he? Isn't he like 37, 36? He's got to be. If he's not, he's right in that range. Um, let's see how old he is. I'm going to bet he's at least 36. All right, let's go down to the offensive lineman here. 35. Nice 35. Okay. 35, man. 13 years in the league. Yeah. And, yeah he's a Hall uh, of Famer. I mean, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt. Right, right. And because of how things ended in Washington, if I'm him, I'm retiring as a 49er. If he wins it, I I think that choice might be pretty easy. You Very know, easy. if he wins it with as a Niner. Um, all right, so we we're talking about the concern with Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman and their their uh their their reach or their their you know involvement or whatever. I, this one kind of speaks to what goes on with NFL teams, way beyond the Eagles, okay. So Matt Rule, when Matt Rule was the coach with the Carolina Panthers, former Temple coach, former Baylor coach, now he's with Nebraska. But when he was in the pros with the Panthers, uh, he they were they were coming up on draft night, and he approached you know his 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 scouting people and, and the people put together the draft boards and whatnot, and said, you know th- this kid Brock Purdy out of Iowa State, we should have him on our draft board, but this this guy should be a consideration for us. And he this, these are his words. He got you know basically overridden by by his personnel people and said, "Yeah, we we don't see enough there. We're not drafting that guy no matter what." Just thought, man, if the coach is going in and saying, and I don't think he was asking to go for him to go in the first round, but right, should you really be like, "Nah, man, you know we're good." That to me, that's a mistake. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, that 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 mode of operation is just like to dismiss your head coach's, you know, asinine. Right. That's one yeah. thing. But, you know, we can't assume that Brock Purdy would have had the same opportunity or the same fair shake in Carolina. You know, obviously, that's a that was a turbulent no, situation. No question about that. Part. So, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. obviously, you know, he it's all about in the NFL. It's all about situations. It's all about timing, execution, opportunity, you know, out of any out of most out of any sport that you could probably think of. Sport, football is the most dependent sport like there's so many cogs in the machine um you know for you know for guys to be successful and you know we can't definitively say um that Purdy would have thrived in Carolina you know um obviously he's in the Super Bowl and you know guys want to put their stories out there as hey I saw him first like right. all that kind of stuff but you know what is it what, what, what does that really do um guys in my opinion that's just guys want to keep they you know keep their name in the headlines it's, you know, again, it's no guarantee he would have thrived there in the first place. And that's not me taking anything away from Purdy. It's just the fact that the Carolina Panthers were a shit show. So it's just, you know, again, um, this is guys capitalizing off of the kids success and trying to make their names relevant again. That's how I look yeah. at it. All right. Uh, elsewhere, the, uh, the, the the practice field's been a, a point of discussion at UNLV for the uh, for the 49ers. But Basically, what they're what they're saying is, and Kyle Shanahan said, "Look, is it ideal? No, uh, but we're dealing with it, and we'll be fine." I give him credit. He's not, and he's taken that approach really from the jump. Like he has not made this a thing. And every time he's been asked about it, 
he's downplayed it and he's not trying to make any excuses. So I think he's handled this thing well, because you have that approach. You start talking about it publicly, how much you're upset. Then, then it starts, you know, getting into your players' heads this way, man, you, you just keep rocking and rolling. Did you hear what Ross, uh, Ross Tucker had to say about, uh, you know, the Niners? Um, <laughs> no. In so many words, he basically was saying, yo, this is why people call you guys the 40 whiners. You cry about everything, every little thing. And then, you know, don't try to, you know, don't try to cry behind the scenes and it, and it leaks out. And then, you know, in front of the cameras, you say, listen, you know, we're, 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 we're fine. We're fine. No, it's not a big deal. We, Ross Tucker's hilarious. He was like, yeah, I, I, we've all seen that game before. Look, stop crying all the time. All right. This is why people call you the 40, the 40 whiners. Just, That's just, good. just, do, just, just do your jobs. It, he went on, he went on a nice little rant. It was, it was pretty funny. I love that. I love that. Good for Ross. And he's right. Mm -hmm. uh, he's right. But I think they are trying to not be them, uh, or at least the coaches. You know, we'll, we'll see what, uh, right. if anybody else picks up on that. All right, Joe Tooney uh, still saying he's hopeful, but he still hasn't practiced. Mm. Uh, this is, I think this is, I, I don't yeah. blame the guy, but this is not happening, man. I, I mean, I, so, I get he wants to go. So can you, can you reiterate what exactly his injury is? So, yeah, uh, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, his, I think he got hurt, I want to say at the end of the regular season, and he's been dealing with, his, all right, I got it. Here we go. Um, pectoral. It's a pec, yeah. Okay. All right. Yep, an injured pec. He's going, he's going through. So the latest is he's going to meet with the strength and conditioning coach and they're seeing they're going to see what they can do. If he can't go, Nick Allegretti is going to be the starter at the guard spot for him. Um, they, they said basically there's just not enough strength right now in the arm. I don't mm -hmm. know how that happens in, in two or three days, but uh, I would I would say it's probably likely he's not playing. Uh, let's put it that way. All right, this is this is I would I thought this was interesting. Former Steeler Rod Woodson. Now he's played a, br a bunch of places, but he said that he thinks Kirk Cousins would be a perfect fit for the Steelers. I heard I heard his name being floated around there too. Like I can that, that would see be, that. I can, I can see it too. That. that will be that will be interesting. Um that you know that that begs the question, you know, what what, what amount of money is he looking for? Um Kirk Cousins is 35 right now. He's not getting the insane money he got from the Vikings, I don't think, at least. Uh I think Kirk Cousins is gonna get north of because mm, because we talked about this before and Let's look at his market value right now. Let's just check that out. So I got that loaded up here. Give me one moment. I personally think he's going to get north of 38. Wow. That's what I think. Uh it's taking some time to buffer here. But yeah, I think I think I think he gets north of 38. Really? Million dollars. I, I was thinking like 30. Really? At his I mean, age. he is I mean, the age plus the injury that he's coming off of. Yeah, he's coming off a of torn Achilles. I mean, I mean, you're it's, that's reasonable. You know you're not you know you know you're not off base in thinking that. So I to I, I totally understand it. Uh, hmm. We'll find out though. But I think I think the Steelers have options here. They can either go the Kirk Cousins route. Um, if they want, they could probably see. You know, they could probably test the waters and see what Chicago wants for Justin Fields. Yep. So it's all it's all about what you're willing to give up. At this Russell point. Wilson is in play. Exactly. 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 It depends. But, I mean, but, it, but the Russell Wilson one seems seems a bit more far fetched because of the money. That's correct. Like you're at the mercy of his contract. The, the, with with Kirk Cousins, he's just a free agent. You can you can it, you it's your terms. 
Right. You know? Right. But yeah, so, you're yeah, taking uh, on you're taking on some serious money with the Russell Wilson deal. One thing we do know though, it ain't gonna be Kenny Pickett. It ain't gonna be Kenny Pickett, despite what they say. It, it is not. There's been too many breadcrumbs here that it isn't going to be Kenny Pickett. I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cowboys have denied the commander's request to interview Al Harris to be their defensive backs coach. He's already that with the Cowboys. Dan Quinn wanted to bring him along. He was He's thought to be a future defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, very he, gets, he gets a lot of respect around the league, and he's done a great job, um, you, know, with, you know, with those Cowboys DBs, man. Got to call it what it is. Okay, real quick here. Um, so last year – Last year, Kirk Cousins got thirty-five million, right? Thirty-five yeah. last year. Yep. 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 Gu- guess what his market value is now? Just guess real quick before I tell you. Forty. Close. Thirty-nine point three. So you were you were you were right there. Yeah. 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 I think. It, look, he's the only quarter. Think about it, right? Because you got you got to you got to think about it from this perspective. Although he's coming off the injury, although he is thirty-five. What other quarterback in the on the open market can hold water to him? Um, we talked about it earlier. We said Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, Jacob, Jacoby Brissett. You know, then it gets worse from there. So, and then think about how many teams need some stability at quarterback right now. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you're not you're not taking is and I get it. You're giving me free agents, but the the, the guys who could be traded, right? Fields and and Wilson. But you're right. Uh, if you look at it that way, it's not even close. There's right, not a you lot know, of but good options. Right, you know, when you, when, when you trade those guys, though, you got to give something. You got to give something to get something, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, those some of those teams may look at it as, well, I feel more comfortable just paying this guy rather than giving up pet draft picks and having to pay the guy that I trade. For, I agree. You know I saying? would rather do that. Yeah, that well, yeah, you're not giving anything up to get them. You and you're negotiating your terms. Right, you know, right. You're negotiating your terms, and you're and, and likely you're not going to be tied in now. The one trade that could be, be, be beneficial because of the dynamic is Justin Fields. He's still he's still in the rookie contract um, because um, Chicago is kind of down on him right now. They're not going to demand a first round pick, maybe a second, maybe a third. If mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you know, it all depends on the packaging. Um, maybe they want a player too. But um, I think the two I think the two names to watch or the, 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 the three names that we're going to be watching from a quarterback position all offseason is Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields. Definitely. And again, how many how many teams do you we can name a few teams that that need some stability at, uh you know, at the quarterback position? You know, let's just let's just call it what it is. Right. Um, New England, they need stability at the quarterback position. Um, Washington, they need stability. Uh, Pittsburgh needs stability. Um, Chicago needs stability. Uh, Minnesota needs stability. The Colts need. Well, actually, no, I'll take that back. They got Anthony Richardson coming back. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, ten, um, Tennessee. How good is Will Levis? But they're probably going to roll the dice on him. Uh, Atlanta needs stability at the quarterback position. Uh, Tampa Bay. Are they going to bring Baker back? We don't know yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Las Vegas. You know what's you know what what's their plan at the quarterback position? So I can it, the, the Kirk Cousins. He's he he may be able to really milk this thing. Uh, you're right. And look, he, he has a great agent. He's been, a, he's, he's a money made hall of famer. Mm-hmm. He he is like a, a Sam Bradford hall of famer in terms of money. Uh, and, and he was a pioneer of the guaranteed contract too in the league where not many guys get it. So yeah. kudos to him. Uh, all right. We, we have had three names leaked 
who will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Here's what we know so far. Steve McMichael, who was a former Bear, who was, uh, it's a shame, he's suffering from ALS. He's in very, very bad condition. Uh, but he he will uh, he was a bear from eighty one to ninety three. Uh, he is one of them. N- another bear, Devin Hester, all time great return man. Uh, and I'm glad to see special teams getting recognized. I think it's ridiculous how they they go to get overlooked. But he was got, tremendous. He was oh. he, he he was unstoppable. Mm-hmm. The numbers he put up as a returner rival some guys numbers at receiver oh yeah and running back i mean just just look at what this guy did i mean all right so he has career 14 punt returns for touchdowns five kickoff returns for a touchdown he had a kickoff return in a super bowl 108 yards uh in a super bowl and he had a 108 yard touchdown return off of a missed field goal that didn't hit the uprights or the crossbar that's insane Mm. he had six Kick return touchdowns in his first 13 games of his rookie year. That's insane. That's freaking insane. Okay. I mean, insane. And then there's Julius Peppers, who was a phenom from the jump when he came into the league with the Panthers. NFL defensive rookie of the year in 02, four-time first team all pro, member of the all-decade team for 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 the 2000s and the 10s. You know, he hung around a long time and he wasn't quite the same guy at the end. But if you remember back to the younger Julius Peppers, this guy was fierce, man. He was fierce. Listen to, listen to this, right, when it comes to Devin Hester. Real quick, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight seasons of over 1,000 all-purpose yards. There was a season where he had 1,400 kick return yards. What the hell are we talking about? That's insane. We'll I never see that. I think he's the best to ever do it. You know we're never going to see these numbers again, right? Yeah, we're never going to see these numbers at, at, at on special teams ever again. Mm-hmm. This is insane. This yeah. is this is this is a one of one. Now, as a wide receiver, hey, hey, keep him. <laughs> yeah, but, he, that he was he's a special teams guy. I mean, that's, but that's but as a kick returner, he was lethal. Yeah, and if you look at the numbers, you can make you can make an argument he was getting better with age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was scary. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I agree with you. Uh, there, he. All, let, let's face it. Uh, this is three very deserving guys. All three of them. I'm glad to see going in. Um, and there, there's going to be more. That's just what we know right now. In, in all likelihood, as a, as an, you know, as a kid watching Eric Allen play as an as, for the Eagles, who was a defensive back. I hope he gets in because he's long overdue too. Yeah, four-time Pro Bowl, three-time All-Pro. When yeah. I'm talking about Devin Hester, still. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hall of Fame, all 2010s team, Hall of Fame, all 2000s team. Come on, man. Yep. Uh, All right, so a couple other hirings here. And if you didn't hear, the commanders have hired Brian Johnson for for what is being dubbed as a high-level offensive job. He won't be the OC because that's Cliff Kingsbury, uh, but he is going there. Still nothing on uh, Sean Desai um, or anybody else really of note. Uh, Alex Taney ends up going to uh, the Colts. We know that who was the QB coach last year for the Eagles. But uh, yeah. I don't like that dynamic that's that, that's brewing over there in Washington, man. They got some two disgruntled guys uh, with Cliff Kingsbury and Brian Johnson. Got to watch out for those guys, man. Once the season starts, they're probably going to try to do try to do their best to be on their best behavior when they play the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Yeah, because if you didn't hear, uh, we, we you know, again we discussed this in the first segment, but uh, Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan from Inside the Birds were saying that it looked pretty close to uh, being a done deal for Kingsbury, and then the organization felt like he wanted too much say, and they moved on. You're right. You could have two guys with bones to pick, you know, with the Eagles in the division. Mm-hmm. And Dan Quinn, who knows the Eagles very well from his Dallas mm-hmm. days, Washington could be a much tougher it. game than it than it than you know a tougher opponent than they've been. Yeah, the NFC East has had a lot of intermingling this offseason, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn from the Cowboys to the Commanders, Brian Johnson from the Eagles to the Commanders, Cliff Kingsbury interviewed. Well, Kellen Moore's only a year removed from the from the NFC. Kellen Moore only a year a year removed from the Cowboys. A lot of uh, intermingling here, man. Yeah, a lot of slop, a lot of sloppy seconds and sloppy thirds. Well, the 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 other team we were talking about the quarterbacks. I really wonder, do the Giants draft a quarterback? They should. They'd be idiots not to. Do. Yeah, but then again, they're the Giants. So we'll, Joe Shane is not on the best footing right now. I think the only way he can save his job is to draft a quarterback, so he can provide some level of optimism to this organization. Yeah. Yep, I, I I think that's uh that's pretty fair. All right, let's come back and we'll hit a bunch of different things. Uh, kind of jump around. I got some weird prop bets for you, uh, from the uh from the Super Bowl, and we'll we'll get into we'll continue with the Eagles talk and a bunch of other things. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take. We're right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. 
You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Last segment of the program. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We're hanging. Thursday, uh, we will have Jim Salisbury, uh, formerly NBC Sports Philadelphia, will join us tomorrow. So we'll talk some Phillies uh, as they inch closer to pitchers and catchers, which is, is less than a week away uh, tomorrow. Mm. All right. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. got the highest arbitration price in the history of Major League Baseball. He got $19.9 million uh, yesterday in arbitration from the Blue Jays. So usually, you know, the numbers are a lot lower than this. So he's he's certainly worthy of it uh, with the career that he's had thus far. And, and mm. uh, you know, a guy's been an MVP candidate and is a phenomenal player. But, yeah, $19.9 I can only imagine what he's going to get once, once he gets to the open market after his arbitration oh. years. Man, $19 million. Sounds Sounds beautiful right now, doesn't it's it? It's nice. It's nice, huh? Sounds, it sounds nice right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Um so I know there was talk that Tyrese Maxey was going to be in the three-point contest. He will not. I'll give you the the uh, the candidates here, the uh, the people who will be in it. Uh, Jalen Brunson, Malik Beasley, Tyrese Halliburton, Larry Markkinen, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young. Here's what I like, Tone. There's some pretty heavy hitters there. Absolutely. That's the first thing I thought about. That's what yeah, I love about it too. Like you're seeing, yeah. you're seeing some legit names, you know, you know, you know, getting involved with All-Star Weekend. And I that's all you can hope for, man. It brings more eyes to it. Um, I love that Carthony Towns is doing it again, showing that the big men can shoot too. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I really, I'm really am I'm happy about that. I think I actually I actually may watch it this year. Yeah. <laughs> It's a cool mix between you got uh Carl Anthony Towns, Marketing, who are bigs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then and then Trey Young and Brunson, who are smaller guys. Halliburton's gonna be fun to watch. He's got that weird shot, but he you know very he, weird. Who but, do you think who, who do you think wins it? If you had to guess right now, and again, your opinion may change, but so right now, who who do you think is poised to win it? Trey Young. I can see that. I can take Trey Young. That. I He's a guy too who's very good with step backs and stuff like that, which doesn't really apply in this. Yeah, he's a he's a very off the dribble. He's he's very great off the dribble shooting. Yeah. Um. So like I always I always felt like the, uh, the three point contest always bodes well for the spot up guys. Is there really like a classic spot up guy here? Beasley, Brunson, no, Halliburton, maybe the big, maybe the bigs. That's about yeah, it. Maybe. Because yeah, bigs maybe. aren't really shooting threes off the dribble. Not Towns often. can shoot it, man. He, he can, can shoot, shoot his it. ass off. 
Yeah. That's a good one though. That's a good one. I like it. Um, I haven't seen anything on the dunk contest. That, by the way, that's next Saturday. Yeah, um, Jalen Jalen Brown is officially going to be in it this year. Jaime Hawkes too is another one I'm seeing. No, Heat, heat rookie. <laughs> you know, I know. I'm just. This is what it comes to. They, these are the guys who are willing to accept it, or are willing to take part in it. You know. Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, all right, so that much we we know. Elena Deladon is going to step away from from basketball. Uh, for a little while, not not sure how long, uh, but she is she is stepping away to deal with what you know whatever she's dealing with, and you know who could fault her, right? Who could fault anybody trying to get uh, the, uh, things right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The personal life always comes first, and if things aren't right at home, you you, you, you how, how valuable how valuable are you to your uh you know to your compadres on the basketball court? And think about it, she. She's in. She's choosing choosing not to sign a one year super max deal. Uh, so right now she's you know leaving a lot of money on the table. Um, NBA WNBA free agency contracts could be signed starting February first, uh, but she's continuing to weigh her options and decided this week she needs more time to think about her future. She's thirty four at this point, mm. um, and I, maybe I guess maybe she's not sure if she's going to play or not. But um, you know certainly still a really good player at this point. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening with her. All right. Let me give you some of these. These are Super Bowl 58 prop, go, kind of goofy prop bets uh, that, that I saw. All right. If you didn't know already, Usher's going to do halftime. I think that's going to be good. I think so too. Uh, you know what? Usher's low key been getting his reps in in Vegas. Yes. He's doing a residency there. Yeah. He yeah. has a residency. Oh, he's going to be ready. He's going to be ready. Man, oh, man. He, yeah. has, he has been in the news because of that residency, man. But, Usher's been getting them reps in. I think I think Usher's gonna kill it. We're gonna see some roller skates. We're gonna it, it's gonna it's gonna be fire. It's gonna be fire, man. I, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to Usher. I, I'm I love Usher's music. All right, off the top of your head, best halftime show. Can you do you remember any of these off the top of your head? Oh my god, man, that's a that's a I remember one. Prince in the Rain. Prince obviously Purple Rain. Um, uh, Michael Jackson obviously was tremendous. Uh, can never forget the Janet Jackson one. Uh, that was 20 years. Yeah. Um, you never forget, you know, I really enjoyed the, uh, I really enjoyed the Bruno Mars Beyonce one. That was really, that good. was good. That one was really good. Um, Bruno Mars doesn't do enough. He's, he's actually on his international tour right now. And uh, Bruno Mars, man, like I wasn't a Bruno Mars fan like at first, but then once he started to get more soulful, I was like, okay, I roll with him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I, I I'll, I'll admit I like that uh, that West Coast one they had with uh, Eminem, Dr. Dre, that was Saint, very Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige. That was fire, man. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. fly. That was Who fly. was last year? Last year was Rihanna. That's right. That's yeah. Right. She yeah she was pregnant at the time. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. So that's uh, so we know that we know, and I learned this the last time I brought this up. I did not know this. Tony's a huge fan. Reba McIntyre's doing the anthem. <laughs> I'm a survivor. One of your favorite shows. Yes, we, we, learned, love we learned things. Come on, man. Did you not watch? Are you serious? Did you not really not watch I Reba? Never, I never saw it, man. Honestly, Reba God. was one of the funniest sitcoms on television at one point. Oh, yeah, my I goodness. I it, it. It, she doesn't get enough credit for that. That show was hilarious. All right. All right. Uh, all right. Let's. So let me give you some goofy odds here. Just one to keep in mind. I'm giving you one to keep in mind first. So if you're betting the coin toss which is straight craziness, but if you're doing that, 
the uh, tails wins 53% of the time. 53% tails wins. Tails never fails. All right. All right. So here's the thing. There's already odds of who's going to perform with Usher. We know they always bring one or two people out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. Minus 320. She is the heavy betting favorite mm-hmm. to be at least one of them. I, I, I'm, I'm a huge Alicia Keys fan, but I, I'm not sure if that's the form I want to hear her in. Okay. But go ahead. Ludacris. Minus that's, that, that sounds likely. Because, you know, you know, when they do yeah, yeah. The yeah. whole place is going to explode. That yeah. place is going to go crazy. Yeah. Go crazy. Yeah. I, a ludicrous sounds very likely. Yeah. All right. I, so won't, I, won't be get... I won't be surprised if we have a little John sighting. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I would, I'm going, I'm going to go both. I think we get both. I think we get Alicia Keys and Ludacris. It's entirely possible. Entirely possible. Because they usually man. do like a, a medley of what? Yeah, they get, get, get a medley, a medley of all, all, all the hits. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know one person that I think would kill a Super Bowl halftime show, but they probably won't ever give, give it to him because he's just a controversial person in general? Chris Brown. Chris oh, Brown yeah. would kill a halftime show. He would, and you're right. He ain't getting it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's, he's too much of a controversial figure. But, yeah. man, his catalog – just the you know the theatrics and the pageantry and the dancing and like Chris Brown is a performer, you know what I mean? And I would love to see a guy like Chris Brown do the halftime show, but we all know that's never gonna happen. Yeah, we know this is the other person you'd like to see, Tom. <laughs> you know what's so funny? Um, Streisand. If, if 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 I hope I'm not getting her mixed up, right? She was the one in Meet the Fockers, right? Yes, she she played the mother, Ben she Stiller's played, mother. Right. It was I don't know what it was about Barbara in, in, Streisand in the, in the remake, like when Dustin Hoffman was his dad and Barbara Streisand was his mother. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Not the original because the original's De Niro and uh. Well, well, well De Niro's in that too. Um, yes, yes. So, De Niro is the is the is the wife's dad. Yeah, the wife's dad. And Streisand is the husband Ben, ben Stiller's mom. parents. You're right, right, right. Because you know the first one's called Meet the Parents. Yes, and then you know. Oh, you're Vince right. Still- then it's Meet the Fockers. Yeah, right. And then it's Meet the Fockers. So it was a sequel, and then, um, and, th- and then they had the third one, I think, called Little Fockers. That's right. And, and all and, and all those things are. I'm sorry, Meet the. They're Fockers. all funny. I think they're all funny. Meet yeah. the Fockers is the funniest one. Yeah, that thing was hilarious. Oh man, you know who was good in that in, in a sneaky sneaky way. Owen Wilson was very funny in that. As very in a in a very sneaky way. He Mr. Was great. Perfection and everything he did. You know, he's yeah. whittle, he 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 did the woodwork for the uh, that whole like. <laughs> Yo, I yeah. love this. I love the scene where um the baby was like, "Ash, oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> that movie was just quirky. It was funny. I loved yeah. everything about it. Yep. Um, it's a. It makes me every time I watch it. It makes me feel good. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. It's great because it's it's one of those classic comedies where you just like it doesn't matter if you're an hour in, if you're a half, you just put it on and you're and you're you're picking up right there and laughing at whatever it is. Yeah, it's and it's and, and it's it's so authentic. Like I I just felt like it was so funny. Ben Stiller didn't even really have to try. It was just funny. And then uh, Dustin Hoffman was just my guy, just different. Just different, man. Let he's he's a legend in his own right. He sure is. All right, well, we have a trade here. Uh, this is coming from Woj. Patrick Beverly. I don't love this one. Pat Bev is going to Milwaukee for campaign. Campaign was in Phoenix previously. Uh, he's the now point guard? 
in Milwaukee. He's a point guard. We were just talking about Patrick Beverly. Yeah, I wanted. I like Pat Bev. That's a bummer. Um, obviously, campaign is younger, but a campaign a campaign campaign is more offensively inclined. I will say that he's a better yeah. shooter. Yeah. I like Pat Bev with Maxi, man. I like man. Now I got to listen to the podcast and hear him. You know, be upset about it. <laughs> I think they're losing something that is going to hurt them in the long run, right? In the long run. I do, man. Like, I think, I think if you do have playoff aspirations, you want somebody like Patrick Beverly. Like, I, I must be missing something. Is camp campaign lighting the world up? He's scoring six points per game. They they have, in my opinion, they just gave Milwaukee, yeah, a dog, a, a, a dog, someone that, in my opinion, a guy that they're missing. Um, Patrick Beverly was a glue guy, man. That this one I don't like. I don't like this one. I don't like it. Was it wasn't straight up? You know, Patrick Beverly for campaign. It was straight up and a second round pick. They gave them a Sixers second round getting, pick. Too. Sixers are getting a second round pick with it. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. Uh, I like Pat Bev in Philly. I didn't. I, I don't like that one. I'm not rolling with that. So yeah, they're they're trading Pat Bev to Milwaukee for Cameron Payne in a second round pick. I don't, and look, live chat and live chat. You know, please let us know if you feel differently, man. Uh, you know, are are you are you guys happy about the trade? You know, trading Pat Bev. You know, are you guys happy about getting Buddy healed? You know, how do you guys feel about that? I don't I don't like losing Patrick Beverly. I don't like right. that one bit. Let me give you two two other things. Uh, according to Jake Fisher, uh, Yahoo Sports, the Sixers are still in conversations with Chicago for Andre Drummond. Uh, being told Philadelphia is not pursuing Demar Derozan. And then Derek Bodner says, uh, "Think this is a pretty regarding the Patrick Beverly trade. Think this is a pretty strong indication that they'll be able to add Kyle Lowry. Uh, so you get a pick for a player who was going to fall out of the rotation." That said, I think they should have kept Beverly. That's that's what he's saying. Yeah, I I don't. This is that I don't like this one. I, again, I was good with the first one. I'm good this with is, the. This is what you call an overcorrection. This is exactly what you call an overcorrection. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm texting to, to find out what to try to get some dirt here uh, from from you know others. Uh, I got you. I got you. I, I'm trying to find some things out. So if I get anything, I'll let you know. But yeah, you know, and again, I, I I'd have to look at Cameron Payne's contract uh, and what he's got left. I'm hoping. I'm I'm assuming he doesn't have anything beyond this. Um, yeah, he's been around for a while. I didn't realize he had been around as long as he is. He'll, he'll turn thirty in uh, August. Um, All right, let's see here. Cameron Payne. So he has an expiring contract as well. Yeah, I don't think Maury's taking anything on. Yeah. You know, in terms of contracts. Yeah. Eight years in the league. Uh, through his career, he's been – for his career, he's a 37% three-point shooter. Not bad. 82% from the free throw line. 42% from the field. Average for his career. Averaged almost eight points a game. I mean, I liked him. I liked him when he was in Phoenix. I liked him in Phoenix. Um, you know, especially during that run where they were really, you know, taking it to people and they made it to the finals. He was he was lethal. He definitely helped out, but I don't I'm not jacking this move. Nope, I don't I don't like I wonder, you know, we're getting up against it now. We got about an hour and what fifteen or whatever left and see what else is coming down here. But um that one I just feel like it's it not something like, like you're seeing in, in a stat sheet. You're losing an intangible with with Pat Bev. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I just yeah, just to put it plain, like I said, I, I feel like it's overcorrection. Yeah, it does. Feel he was like the, he was the only one. I'm glad Donald. You said it. You said it perfectly. Gave up the dog on our team. That was the dog. Correct, Donald. You, you you got rid of two dogs, Marcus Morris and Patrick Beverly. Think about that. By the way, Donald's got a little bit of a Barrett Brooks look to him, doesn't he? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Barrett wears the uh, the glasses. I think so. A little bit. A little, uh, a little, a little bit. I, I agree with that. Donald's done with the Sixers. Bring on baseball. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Let me hit you with a couple other uh, couple other prop bets, goofy ones. All right. So Reba McIntyre's national anthem tone, 89 and a half seconds, which breaks down with my bad math to what? Uh, two minutes and 29 and a half seconds. That sound right? 89 and a half seconds. That's no. it's six, it's six seconds in a minute. Yeah, it's less. <laughs> a minute and 29 and a half. So it's about a buck 30. Yeah, uh, about a buck 30. Yeah, I'm going over. Over a buck thirty. Yeah, I'll take the over. I can't believe we're betting on that. You're right. You you did have some goofy ones. You're right about that. Yeah, I'm gonna give you like the real game ones tomorrow. On Friday. of course, of course, save them. Yeah, save them for Friday. Freaky Friday. All right, I got another one for you. Taylor Swift minus thirty that she will be sh- that she will not be shown during the anthem. Well, is not- she gonna be there? Is she gonna be there? Because I know she's gonna be on tour. So the latest is they think if she immediately hops on her, you know, her flight, that she can get there just in time for the game. That's the thought. Even if she's not there in time for the game, she even she get there about halftime. Like she, they'll they'll find a place for. Her. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to take the under because of that. Okay, good one. I like that. Good good thinking there actually. All right, what minus one thirty five? That Jason Kelsey. That, that she will be shown before Jason Kelsey. Who will be shown first, her or Jason? Jason. He's going to be there already. He's already there. Did you see him? But Not recently, So no. he's he's out and about. He's with Taylor Luan. He's with uh, – oh, oh, are you talking about at the uh, craps table with the cards with yeah, uh, Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura and all those guys? Tom yeah. Segura both, and Burt I love those guys. Yeah. And that you could tell that was a party with that crew, uh-huh. um, and and they both hit, and it, so Kelsey starts going bananas, and then I think it was Segura hit or one of the other guys hit, uh, one of the comedians hit, and they started going crazy as well. And it, it look, Jason literally had like a bottle in front of him, and yeah, they look look like he, he is not hurting for having a good time uh, at all. Yeah, for sure. At, at all, man, for sure. He's he's laughing at a party. Tight right, man. So- he's he's not ready to retire. I'm telling you. He's not ready. Oh, man. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I do. Um, yeah, I the only – I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting back to this Pat Beth thing. The only thing I can think is this is just trying to make room for for Lowry. But I don't – does Lowry make you better at this point than Pat Bev? Lowry can't even stand the damn court. I'll take my chances with Pat Bev. Simple as that. Hmm. You know I, who, who has it? Who's been – like the you know, the Lakers have been very quiet. The Lakers um, were trying to get the Lakers were trying to get uh, Dejounte Murray, but they don't even know if that's even possible anymore. Dejounte Murray was also rumored to be going heading to the Pelicans too, but those talks halted. Um, at this rate, I don't know if Dejounte Murray is going to get moved. It feels like it. Uh, uh, two teams. It feels like Atlanta, and again, a lot can happen in an hour and change. But their asking price is way too high for some of their people, and Chicago 
for guys like DeRozan and Caruso, it feels like their asking prices are too big. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And um, I'm not sure what their contract situations are, but uh, a combination of Maxi, DeMar DeRozan, and Embiid would be interesting. Um, I, 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 obviously, Caruso will help the uh, Sixers as well. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out the game. I'm trying to figure out the the game plan here for the Sixers. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what their what their end game is here. Again, the Pat Bev move is confusing me. Yeah, I'm. I, I got to tell you, um, and I didn't expect to be overwhelmed, but I'm, I'm, I'm underwhelmed. I'm yeah. whelmed. You know, I'm not <laughs> overwhelmed. I'm whelmed. I. It's I'm just whelmed. to me, it's like, okay, I, I, I get healed. You needed a shooter. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool. I'm totally cool with that move. I don't – this one, to me, if you're just making room to get Lowry in here, I'm not sure you're making yourself better with, with Lowry and campaign. Just They're guys to me at this point. Lowry's obviously had a phenomenal career, and campaign has been a generally a backup point guard for most of his career. Mm-hmm. But I guess I guess I really – you know, I, I liked Pat Bev's time here. I'm, 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 a, I'm bummed to see I truly enjoy. I truly yeah. enjoyed him here. And I think that his defense, his toughness, his leadership was was all on full display with these guys. I think he was helping Maxie and some of the younger cats. So I I, I, I agree. And look, he was he was holding guys accountable. I'll tell you that. Darren Morey, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Let's see if there's anything else here going down. No, I mean, right now that's that's a. Pistons are making a move. They're waving Killian Hayes. Who cares? Um, yeah, that's it. That's it right now. Uh, so we get anything else. All right. Uh, Eagles back to the birds here for a second here. The off season obviously is, is going to take a lot of different forms and they, it's already started with the coaching shakeup, mm-hmm. coaching shakeups. Then we go into the player shakeups. Do you think any, Big names, and you kind of asked me this earlier with 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 some others, but I want to ask you about like real noted names are going to be gone from this roster, mm. and how high up does that go? I mean, Fletcher Cox, but you could you could take it anywhere you want to take it. Oh man, I already told you. I think Kelsey comes back. Uh, I have a sneaky suspicion they figure out Fletcher Cox. I think Cox is back too. Yeah. I think, and look, this is me just trying to like, you know, throw things against the wall, but I wouldn't be surprised if they dangle Hassan Reddick out there. If they can't, if they can't come to some sort of discussion or, you know, common ground about the, you know, the future, either they're going to just let him walk into the year as a lame duck, or they're going to try to, you know, flip him and see if they can get something. And then really been really bet on Nolan Smith. Not saying that's the right decision, but I'm just saying that that's something I've been thinking about um, because of the contract situation, because of the age. Uh, again, this is not what I want to happen. This is just me just trying to put myself in their shoes and figure out what they're thinking about. I don't think they trust Jordan Davis enough to not bring back Fletcher Cox. Agreed. Um, which, is an, which is an indictment on him, clearly. Big time. And them. They moved up to take and, and them. And them. So that I agree with you uh as far as that goes. I think um yeah, I think they may attempt if they've had conversations with Reddick and Reddick's people and they feel like it's gonna go nowhere and he's gonna want, you know, crazy money. Yeah, you get value back because he's gonna walk next year. 
Um, but then, man, you got to avoid the fill. You got one proven pass rusher after that. BG's at the end. We don't know about Nolan Smith. All you have is Josh Sweat on the edge. And they value edge big time, which then right, could lead right, to them right. drafting an edge first. It changes everything if they trade us on Reddit. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah. And look, I I don't want Hassan Reddit going. By the way, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Also, like we mentioned this earlier, you know, they restructure Bradbury then cut him. I think I think you mentioned this yesterday about it was sent a hell of a message to the uh, you know, yeah. to the organization, you know, to the, to the team that last year was unacceptable. I I think you send a really bad message if he's back, in my opinion. I, I do. I just I do. And I understand that the financial ramifications. The bad message being what? Being this guy was awful last year. And because of what he's making, he's back here as an eagle. Now he may listen, Howie's very good at this kind of stuff. They may convince him to take a restructuring. Because what they're going to give him in a restructure might be more than he would get on the open market coming off the year that he had. Could. But they also know that they have the Eagles by the balls, too, you know, with, with the cap hit that they would take, you know, mm-hmm. me, meaning his people do. Right, right. And then that begs the question, are the Eagles comfortable taking that cap hit if he's not willing to restructure? Yeah, exactly. So I, I would think that's a possibility. Offensive side, you know, obviously we start with Kelsey, but that's, Kelsey's choice. Um, Swift may not be back. Kelsey's choice. That sounds like a book. It does. Kelsey's choice or a movie. Uh, Sophie's choice. But uh, I'm trying to think of who else. I don't know. You know, I look at, I have to look at the cat pit. Avante Maddox may not be back. I'm glad you said that. You just reminded me. His cat pit is actually something that uh, I think it's his cat pit. I think it's in the twenties. Ooh. Okay, then he's his, back. His, his, his dead cap hit, I believe. Yeah, I think then he's back. I, I'm just thinking the you did the risk of injury with him. It's not that he's a, a by any stretch a bad player. But, but hey, hey, listen, we're talking about restructures here, right? Yeah. Um, don't be surprised if they restructure him as well. I mean, he has no leg to stand on, figuratively and literally. Um, he's going to be an unrestricted. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2025. So, so he's in a, he's entering a contract year. Mm. Um, okay, I take that back. Avante Maddox's dead cap hit as of right now is seven point seven million. They can off that. That's not bad. They can yeah, restructure can, and off that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? The, because of the Eagles, you know, youth movement at corner behind Bradbury and Darius Slay, you know, with Ricks and Ringo and Joe, and they, and and they're banking on Zach McPherson coming back and maybe being a contributor. I wouldn't be surprised if they um, restructure Avante Maddox and cut him. I would not be surprised. Yep. Same here. Same here. Um, all right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, want to thank everybody in the stream, everybody viewing, everybody, uh, listening, everybody in the chat. You guys are the best. There's no question about that. Uh, tomorrow, as I mentioned, Jim Salisbury, I'm working on a, on a couple people from Vegas as well. Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening there. If we can get them on as well, we will jump into that, but don't go anywhere because we have the national football show coming your way with Tone DeShields and Dan mm-hmm. Cilio. So, uh, Tone, have a great rest of your day, man. And, oh, wow. Uh, oh, whoa. Wow. What is going on? Dude, how do you do that stuff? You had, like, I birthday have, candles. And I have that. no idea what's happening. Every Like, whenever I do certain gestures, it just – it did it again. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> 
What is happening here, man? Um, all right. So everybody. Oh, have, there it is again. There it is. Have Yo, a great, I swear, man. This, this app continues to Tone's make like updates. a magician. All right, right. So everybody have a great rest of your day. Stay tuned for Tone and Dan Cilio. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Island. We're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.